What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Wrestling POV Global Black and Yellow Brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite to elite to the hot topic. AW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Hurt any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my wrestling compadres, if you will, seen here each and every week. We have the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio, how's it going, brother? I'm doing well. Good to see you, man. And also joining us, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy. Pleasure as always. It's like we're our own Mexican trios. Oh my goodness, we are the trio. You know Elio's eating the pin, right? <laughs> You're kicking the bottom rope. And I'm just, I'm not even going to get, like, Wait, who am I? A Laredo kid? <laughs> well, no, because no. Laredo kid got the pin, so... Yeah. Oh, else. okay. Yeah, you're the... Boy, this is a tough one. We'll have to think this one through. You're... You're oh, Jack no, Evans under a mask. Andy, I don't want to be mean, but you've been in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. you know how they have those special teams where there's the guy, the girl, and... <laughs> <laughs> the Elio. Oh, no, Elio, I'm bugging you. No. Have you, do you know what we're talking about, Elio, Elio, what I'm hinting no, at here? No. Okay, can, they have this vanilla. kind of weird tradition. Yes, they have this weird tradition in Mexican trios where they have certain teams that are made up of a man wrestler, yeah. a women wrestler, and then I'm not sure, like they're obviously not transsexuals, but it's either a guy <laughs> dressed like a girl, being gay, or a girl dressed like a guy, openly oh, gay. <laughs> Fitting on that, they're the in-between thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, w- I would really love... Do you know any of the history of that kind of stuff, Andy? Like at all? I, d- I, I don't know. Nobody seems to know to talk about it, but it's there. Yeah. So <laughs> see, that's going to be our thing. We're going to have to hunt somebody down and get them to explain the history of this, of how this actually came about and why this is a thing. Because it is a thing. Yeah. It's, it's always on every Mexican wrestling. It's usually the second or third match. Uh, it doesn't get a lot of play, but it's there, you know, like it's something like Sonny Kiss would be the third person, you know, yeah. a very, a guy who looks effeminate or like I said, but anyways, folks, now that we've got I creeped you all, we out, digress <laughs> as per <laughs> usual. Um, welcome to another edition of Global. And you know what? Uh, first of all, I wanted to, uh, we're going to go into our hot topic and our elite deletes of the week. Uh, I just wanted to bring up some interesting news that we saw two pieces of news that we were going to talk about involving other promotions. The first one we just talked about as we were going on air here uh, happened to be Impact showing what uh, people are saying is its lowest rating, uh, despite the fact that Kenny Omega was on the lowest rating for this year. And uh, I kind of scoff and laugh at this because um, it's like saying the smallest kid in class got beat up five minutes earlier than the usual 10 minutes it took him. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of a minimal thing to talk about when impact really doesn't really have that much going on. It really doesn't have a lot of fans to begin with. So I'm pretty sure, you know, if 500 people didn't watch it this week, it could be the lowest ever. So I, I just find that funny that other people are very quick. I, I, I don't get this, Andy. You are a wrestling fan. And Elio, you're a wrestling fan. Yep. We love to watch as much different wrestling when we can, as we can, right? 
So why is there so many segment of people just so quickly willing to mock or pull down a company? Just, you know, like I want more people to succeed. And let's face it, this whole thing is being generated by a lot of people who want to piss on impact. Okay, that's fine. Impact's not your thing. You don't like the show. Uh, I watch Impact every now and then and I sit and go, God, I hate this crap. I never really like it. But I have friends (laughs) that wrestle for Impact. Uh, longtime heroes of mine that have wrestled for impact. It's just for not my show for me. The way it comes together isn't for me, but you know what? I wouldn't wish that impact would close down because there's, like I said, there's friends and guys I've worked with before on there. I don't want them out of jobs. They did when the segment uh, this week, uh, we had mentioned this guy last week when we opened the book and we cleaned, Mm -hmm. we did some house cleaning. Yeah. Johnny Swinger, apparently he's got the, a new segment with the, where he opened his own casino. His own casino, oh my lord. The, the Swinger Palace. Well, <laughs> Swinger Palace, good for him. But just let's just look at that for a sec. Johnny Swinger is not my cup of tea. I don't turn on wrestling to watch uh, wrestlers who uh, are 100% past their prime pretending to weave in with other wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. That's not for me, but you know what? If that was Nick Bockwinkel, say, at the end of his career, or if that was some other person who I had grown up as a fan with, and Johnny Swingers had his fans, um, I'm pretty sure I'd be quicker to buy into that. So just because it isn't for me, doesn't mean it's not for somebody. And it doesn't mean because it isn't for me that I should spend all my time shitting on it or are trying to put it down. I can just say, I don't like the Johnny Swinger shit, not my stuff and move on. I don't need to destroy the company and hold people out of work because it's not my thing. So that's an ugly part of wrestling fandom I don't like. They're also following in AEW's footsteps at their next pay-per-view. How so? Because um, on uh, this week they had a backstage segment, Tommy Dreamer was talking with Trey Miguel. Mm -hmm. Trey Miguel wanting a match with AC Romero. So at Hard hard Justice, I believe, April 10th, they're going to have a... Exploding barbed wire ring match. That's, that's got to be a joke. I mean, uh, neither of these guys have been in a barbed wire match, let alone a, a, a exploding barbed wire match coming off the heels. This is, has to be an impact joke. And we know this, that impact will go the full way to do resurrections and zombies and well, it's all impact. sorts of you bullshit. I, I don't think, I'm going to say right here, I don't believe that match will actually happen the way we think it'll happen. Okay. It'll definitely have some kind. What do you, what do you think, Andy? You, you buying this? I, I, you know who Trey Miguel is? If you don't know who Trey, to give you context, Trey Miguel is the third guy who was in, what was the, those guys called now on? Uh, the, the Rascals. They're now MSK. And, uh, MSK. You've seen those guys at NXT UK, those two skinny uh, oh yeah, there. Trey Miguel was the third guy who was the more talented yeah. of them. So imagine a guy that size, that kind of temperament, and that kind of style. He's going to do an exploding barbed wire match. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to have it. Uh, they, and they, AC Romero, what is that guy? Three hundred, <laughs> four hundred pounds. They, He's they, not going to be doing that. They say they want to book this match. I don't. I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be just a joke. They're playing yeah. along the lines of, yeah. of the stuff. Maybe they'll come up with sparklers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'll be a big ha ha, and everyone will get a laugh out of it. And that'll be the parody that they're looking for. Uh, um, speaking about things that don't give me a laugh, ha ha. I'm not sure. 
I've, I've really been thinking all week, and I know we talked about this, Andy, a couple of days ago, and I know it's probably been percolating a bit in your head, and you too, Elio, you were listening in too. I'm curious what you guys think of this, because at first I thought it was, oh, it grabbed headlines, but Tony Kazina brought up some interesting stuff about this. What I'm referring to is that the, the current, or the latest, uh, New, Japan, New Japan Cup had just finished. Will Ospreay defeating Shingo Takagi to uh, take the New Japan Cup, then does what every in New Japan, when you win the tournament or you win the thing, you call out the champion, okay? And you give your insults and whatever. Well, he calls out uh, Koto Ibushi and then proceeds to say that he's not even really going after the belt. He just wants to show how hungry and dangerous he is to be the best. And he's willing to go to any lengths and then turns around and grabs his girlfriend, who's been accompanying him to the ring for the last six months in New Japan, Bia Priestley, and then throws her into the Stormbreaker, which is his finishing move, which is a pretty devastating kind of twisting slam overhead thing. It's pretty, pretty uh, vicious looking move. Nails her with it and says, this is how far I'm willing to go. I'll do this to anybody. Now, at first I thought, okay, you don't see women barely get into new japan rings unless they're like a scantily clad girl with that pimp guy or you know you don't really see that then you've seen a girl being laid out viciously by one of the top heels at first i thought well that's going to garner attention excitement but then tony kazina was talking and he we talked about this earlier and he was saying well what point does it prove what does it service and when i started thinking about it i couldn't answer that so andy and after we talked about that, and it's been a couple of days later, do you think that was a good thing or that was that dumb thing? Was this a wasted thing or was this a Personally, I think it's it's a wasted thing. I, I'm mm-hmm. guessing it was done for shock value. Uh, the logic I would put behind it would be the old, you know, I, oh, I'd, uh, you know, I'd punch my own mother to get a title shot or, you know, if I'm going to do this to someone, you know, if I'm going to do this to someone I love, imagine what I'm going to do to you. Mm-hmm. That's the only kind of logic I can put behind this. And eh, I don't know. I uh, fell flat for you. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see it. So, I mean, I only know it like second, third hand from, you know, mm-hmm. what you guys are talking about, what Tony was talking about. But it's nothing to me that's like, oh, man, like, really? Like, that's a good way of getting a heater. I want to see that. It's just like. Mm-hmm okay sure i guess like wow you're 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 bad sure yeah i'm i'm definitely gonna have to get elio to dig you a clip of just that move because when you see stormbreaker it's a pretty vicious move it's not like you just (laughs) picked her up and dropped her it's a pretty intense finishing move he's been using for a while did did she get did she get stretchered out or what yes i I believe so Uh, they kind of cut away on a lot of the stuff so they gave you the shock value and didn't give you the uh, end part elio what do you think I uh, saw this. this How did that uh, resonate for you? Yeah, I, I didn't see the point of this uh, shark value. I, New Japan is not not really known for shark value for as long as I've been watching it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't get it. Like okay. Will Will Osprey, we've never seen Will Osprey do like anything like this. Like horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This reckless. <laughs> but uh, I gotta yeah. say though, guys, that's you just got me. This... I, it's got to be, this is going to be a hell of an exciting match when Abushi and Will Ospreay finally face each other for the IWGP title. I mean, they're both uh, very highly skilled, very different kind of wrestlers than you usually see in uh, New Japan, which I think will be fresh because 
it seems over this last year, we've seen a lot of the same from New Japan. The last year, it's not really stood out because all the challengers and contenders all kind of wrestle the same. Yeah, and yeah. you can only see so much guys like slapping each other and running at each other hard. And it's cool when you see it once. It's like that old saying, remember the old ROH shows? You go out and you watch this match and two guys, the opening opening match, two guys go and beat the living shit out of each other for 20 minutes, showing you every move in the world. That's cool. But it's not cool that when you see it again in the second and the third and the fourth and after a while, it's like, wow, okay, I've seen all the, why would I care about the main event when I seen five other guys do this to five other guys in the same night? Like the law of diminishing returns. Very much, very much. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. And like I said, uh, who would have ever guessed that Will Ospreay, who's been like a, a junior heavyweight forever in um, New Japan. And let's face it, Koto Ibushi spent half of his career in New Japan as a, as a light heavyweight. So maybe Japan is starting to move away from that idea of a solid heavyweight. Because for a long time, guys, you would never see juniors ever really make it up to, this, right. to the heavyweights. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. So now let's jump into our topics of this week. Which one do you guys want to start? Andy, what do you want to start with? I'll let you pick which topic you want to start uh, with. You want well, to do elite deletes or do you want to do the hot topics? Let's do uh, elite delete. All right. This week's uh, elite delete. I forgot who it was already. Who? Matt, Hardy. Matt Hardy. Oh, Matt Hardy. How could I forget? The originator <laughs> of the delete. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. I'm going to say delete because... There's a saying in wrestling that if you watch enough wrestling, you get automatically. If you don't really watch wrestling, you're like, well, what does that mean? But if you've watched wrestling weekly for a while, you know what it means to get, uh, to get X-Pac heat. Okay. X-Pac heat isn't the kind of heat where you go out and you hate the person so much and you cheer and you are, you want them destroyed. So you're invested in it. Right. X-Pac heat was basically like he'd get out there and you go get the fuck off my TV or you just leave the room and go eat something like when he was on because you just couldn't stand him like not hate him. He was just like, Whoa. you know, nope. Matt Hardy to me after all this weird iteration of all these stupid characters and stupid things since even just being an AEW all the crap with the drones teleporting himself. The, what was he? How old? The 5,000 year old man. 3,000 like, year old. Uh, uh, he called himself Damascus or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. All this crap, just none of it resonated with anyone. It was just every week. He, he was the ultimate throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Right. And none of it was sticking. Now, He's Big Money Matt. And I got to tell you, Big Money Matt is even worse than all of these things. <laughs> it's a character that he's given, I'm feeling the X-Pac vibe. It's just like, I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about it later, but when Darby Allen came running at the ropes at him, all I could think about is, okay, it seems like a lot Matt mails in his matches quite a bit. All I was thinking is, well, Darby usually goes balls to the wall. You may not like his wrestling, but when he jumps out of the ring, he's one of the guys who it actually looks like it hurts. I mean, half the guys in AEW, if they leap through the ring, it's like the guys catching them to make sure they don't hurt themselves. You know, him and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Phoenix. Man, yeah. those guys run so freaking hard through the ropes. You know it's got to hurt when you're on the receiving end of them. And just to see him nail Matt Hardy's smug, ugly face tonight sort of made my day. So that's how it's gotten to me. I say delete, and I'm doing his stupid thing because you know what? You guys remember that? The delete. The delete. And it's funny because when it was popular, it was in impact, and nobody even really watched it. 
And when he tried it in WWE, they watered it down, turned it so it wasn't even a thing. And now we're supposed to act like it's a legendary thing because of a yeah. meme that's out there. Nah, I say delete. I don't want to see him anymore. Big money match, you're boring. Uh, tonight, somebody in the audience yelled out, your brother's better than you. Not by much, <laughs> but it's pretty bad when your crappy brother is better than you. So delete. Jeez. Uh, Elio, elite or delete? I'm going to say delete because okay. Okay, 2001, whatever, when they show up in WWE, mm-hmm. okay, they were like a new team, they were exciting team with the, inventing the TLC matches. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Impact, he did this broken Matt Hardy, he comes back to the WWE, they turn it into Woken Matt Hardy. Now, then he goes to EW, he starts doing the same thing, and I'm just over it. This big money Matt uh, character is going, he says he wants to invent himself, reinvent himself and get away from the broken gimmick. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's still the same, because no matter what, which Matt Hardy character we get, he still has elements of that broken delete thing in there. So I'm going to go delete. Yeah, he's riding that one trick pony to the ground. All right, yeah. Andy, delete, delete. Delete or delete. This was a very tough delete for me. Uh, I, you know, Matt Hardy, I think, was one of the biggest victims of the pandemic in the wrestling world because I think the broken gimmick, I think it would have worked in AEW. And just, but it doesn't work without fans. That's a yeah, very fan interactive one. And uh, that, you know, the timing of that with his debut and things just about shutting down and no fans. Uh, I think it kind of, kind of took the wind from, from underneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give him credit for trying stuff, but it's yeah, not working, it, is it? no, there's, there's nothing really working. And at least with the, with the big money, Matt, he's, he's kind of trying to run with it a little. I mean, you know, when you're trying to throw stuff against the wall, you, you run into that issue of, it's like, okay, like gimmick of the week, flavor of the week. Well, what's he going to do this week? You know, if, unless you're going to give something a steady run. And it's tough when you, you know, AEW only has two hours of TV. Mm-hmm. So, and they're also taping it every couple episodes too. Yeah. So, eh, I don't, I really, it's, it's a really tough delete for me. Just, okay. But it is a delete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what the problem, I think, Andy, and I think you're going to 100% agree with this, and maybe we haven't really voiced it enough. Um, it's one thing to have some kind of gimmick, and maybe it's failing. So a wrestler tries to reinvent himself. And it never works if you feel like he's playing wrestler. Yeah. It's a big difference if you go out and live the gimmick. And then even if it's a crazy, stupid gimmick, if yeah. you live the gimmick, people will buy into you. But when yeah. Matt Hardy really feels like he's just acting a different thing each week, yeah, there's no fair. effort. There's no living into it. He's just like, yeah, this week I'm big money. This week I'm Damascus this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it just comes off as last thing in wrestling, which is ironic, but the last thing you <laughs> want to do is come off as phony. <laughs> <laughs> no, very, very true. I think the other thing to that, mm-hmm. that I was just thinking about it as you were saying it, is at least when guys reinvent themselves or do something. I mean, uh, I'll use the fiend as, as an example here, mm-hmm. you know, Bray Wyatt, you know, we, we just saw the return of, uh, the bird fiend or extra crispy fiend, whatever. Mm, extra crispy. But it's, you know, even for that to go for him to do that, or maybe it's, maybe it's a bad example cause it's still the fiend, but at least he's gone for a period of time. You know, my yes. point is, it's just like, okay, well, if, if Matt was broken, Matt, 
it's like, okay, well, something needs should have happened that Matt disappeared for a while mm-hmm. and then resurfaces as big money or, or whatever, you know, it's, if he, if he fell into the, the pool or whatever, and he gets reborn and he gets reborn as big money, Matt, we go mm-hmm. forward with that. Cool. But when you're, you know, you show up one week and you're broken and then you show up the next week and you're, uh, a man of a thousand gimmicks and then you show up the next week and now you're back to just one gimmick. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It, it's very, you know, when we talk about inconsistencies and the problems with that in AEW and, and I think that's a prime example of it there with, with the character is, I mean, it, it's one thing to throw stuff against the wall, but give it a chance. If it doesn't, then I think you need time to kind of breathe, step back and mm-hmm. reset, not just, okay, next week we're this guy. Like, well, you remember too, he got, he actually took an injury uh, that whole falling off the uh, kind of uh, lifter thing. You remember that? Yeah. Hurt himself. And he spent like, what, three or four weeks telling us how he was going away for a while. And yeah. he never went away. Yeah. <laughs> he never went away. Yeah. He just one day decided now he's a new gimmick. And it's just like, yeah, like I said, in, in wrestling struggles enough in its fantasy world. Uh, if you come across as poor or crappy, people ain't going to buy it. Become yep. as phony, you're not going to get bought. So, and, and I'm afraid- that, one other sorry, one other quick point to that, yeah. just uh, because it's still fresh from from our most recent episode that we recorded of quarantine mm-hmm. and talking with Tony Kazina, is if you, I mean, we need everything to be kind of the lowest common denominator, and we need to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. And if we have to start really explaining stuff as to why that's happening, mm-hmm. like if you have to explain, oh, I'm going away for a while, oh, I'm going away for a while. Well, no, what I meant was uh, this character that I'm portraying, that's going to go away for a while, but I'm still going to be here. Mm-hmm. Already, that's too much. Right. If you're going to go away, go away. And, and for personal things, I've, I, when we all know this in your life, if you tell a joke and then you have to explain why the joke is funny, yeah, it's not funny. And that's the same as this. If you got to explain, if you need a, I mean, we were taking apart some stuff. Uh, some booking things recently and we had to use a map to figure out what the hell the story was then you know what nobody does that you know we're we're the we're the two percent that are taking it 98 percent are going wow don't get it walk away yeah and if you're trying to draw new fans and they have to come in going huh what wait is there a pro is there a program i have to buy just to follow along it's you already lost them yeah like just think are you guys lord of the rings fans nope Okay, are you Lord of the Rings fan, Ilya? So, and I, I've seen yeah. the movies, yeah. So you, if you turn on the movie and it starts off with a slow thing going on and builds into the story, people get into it. If you stepped in and you started, then you threw down that entire three novels down and said, read this to understand what's going forward, no one's going to do that. You know, you just can't do that to people. Uh, sure, maybe it'd be cool to read all those things and maybe you'll get an extra thing, but who's got the time for that junk? Yeah. So delete. Matt, Tardy, sorry, buddy. You are deleted. And if your brother Jeff was hanging out somewhere, he could jump off some freaking thing and be deleted with you. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Let's go into our hot topic of the week. We're going to start off with an, an easy simple Well, yeah, we have numbers and comments for the man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait. What was the delete comments? Did fans want him elite or delete? So uh, 72% of the fans disagreed with us and went with elite, while 28% said delete. Wow, is there some comments saying why? Which, which is funny, but most of the comments are delete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a few that uh, say elite. Do you think Matt Hardy like was voting continuously? Elite, elite, elite. Can I log on on your computer for a second? Elite, elite. 
I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I see uh, Steve Chakra, Delete, Joel Esquivel, Esquivel, sorry, Joel, Delete, um, Travis Daniels, love him as a performer, but got to delete. He's at the stage of career where putting over other talents is what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. What else do you got, Elio? Uh, Jim Santos says, delete, haven't we had our fill of seeing Matt Hardy? For me, the same for Christian. Oh. Yeah. Oh, threw in a bonus one. <laughs> wow. Ryan Lopez, love. I love him. My wife hates him. There's a 50-50. Ooh. Uh, who else you got here, Elio? Uh, then we have um, Daniel Diaz saying, sorry, we'll be around for a long time and don't be surprised if we see his wife and kids again even more after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he pulled that crap at impact why not and then there's uh shane says delete mike says delete mimi says delete perry <laughs> says delete gary says delete josh says delete yeah. that's, oh, a, that's all the comments we have <laughs> wow so it's it, yeah isn't that typical though eh? uh, all the people who are willing to talk are the people who uh, are in the minority yeah. <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough uh, let's move on to our first hot topic. Our first hot topic is a, is a quick one because the news broke really recently that Andrade, who had been asking for his release for a while from WWE and had been denied for a while, all of a sudden was granted his release just a couple nights ago. And in one of the most bizarre things that I've seen in a while, he also does not have a 90-day compete clause, which means anyone can sign him, that he doesn't have to sit out. Uh, our question was, should AEW sign him? And will they sign? And uh, I'm going to go to you, Andy. You've seen Andrade. You know uh, what he's about, what he offers. Yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> I, I'm going to be a pessimist on this. I'm going to say no. Okay. And that's probably going to be a good thing for him. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sorry, but at this point, uh, AEW's track record with former WWE talent. I mean, so they, they, you know, yeah, it's not so good. And I mean, they have issues with having a lot of talent and again, only two hours of prime television to, to get people over. I'm sorry. I think Andrade would just get lost in the, the shuffle real, real quick. So uh, mm-hmm. if, if he's going to do ring of honor and uh, work in Mexico, I mean, it might be a little bit, uh, you know, during the pandemic times to be flying back and forth from like Tampa to Mexico or whatever, but uh, ugh, for his sake, and if I'm wrong, hey, you know, I always come on and say, no, I'm wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah. But I think if uh, he signs with AEW, I, I don't see that being a good thing. All right. Elio? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I, I, think, I think he will end up in AEW. Uh, I, 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 it would be uh, cool to see, like, him in there, like, with mm-hmm. the, all the fresh matches they could, they could have with him. And if, uh, if they, just, they like, book- just like all the fresh matches they're having with Miro? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go on. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, well, that's, that, that's, that's the other side of this. So yeah. if they, if that's the other side of this. If they book him right, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, how they would book him. They the only, what they did with him. The, the only interesting Miro. thing, I think, or maybe interesting thing, but you know what? I say this, and I'm just pessimistic, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll do anything special, but it would be cool, and whether it's at AEW or anywhere else, would be to see him and Zelina Verga. Was that her name? Verga is yeah, Zelina Vega. 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 Yeah. Zelina. 
very good. Hey, for those that speak Spanish, I'm sorry. I realize. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Zelina Vega to have them reunited, I think would be cool. Yeah, um, you know, you get you get that internet pop, but for business, I don't think that would do anything special. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to say this for myself about this. You know what? He is a very talented wrestler. Okay, but I want you guys to remember something. He spent most of his career doing much more exciting matches as a masked wrestler named La Sombra who did not even get to use his character or his things when he finally got signed. So he's coming off with this name Andrade. He can't actually, I don't know if he, he probably can use it is his real name. Um, well, it's one of his many names. His real name is Manuel Alfonso Andrade Oropazia. So it's his second last name. And I know this from a lot of Spanish people that when they marry, sometimes you take both names. Yeah. Yep, go yep. back to back so it's probably one of his last names either his mother or his father's last name mm-hmm. so yeah he could do that but let's face it he spent 10 years at the top of mexican wrestling cards as la sombra he gets signed and he doesn't even get to be that character nothing about what he did for 10 years was translated over to nxt so now that he's coming from nxt where he didn't get a lot of success do you try and repackage la sombra does he become la sombra again does that even sell? And it's not like there is not a bunch of Spanish wrestlers already in AEW who are doing rather well. We've got the Lucha Brothers. Uh, we got Laredo Kid popping in now. And then we already have a full spate of Mexican wrestlers. So it's not like he's a super new attraction. You know, this isn't uh, Rey Mysterio coming into ECW for the first time. You know, that. Yeah. so he's a smaller guy. Uh, you know, it would be nice to say, oh, look at the fresh matches. But I'm still waiting for the fresh matches that Miro was supposed to be in. That hasn't happened. You know, uh, Christian uh, Cage uh, signed recently and he hasn't even wrestled yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. So I, I think it, if they could find something for him, he definitely has the talent. I mean, they're, the only underside of here, Andy, which is you might understand this a bit more than some people who don't, it might be a bit of a coup for AEW just like Miro, to sign away uh, a marriage partner of somebody who's big in WWE. At least this was big. Lana was nothing, really. She really still is nothing. But Charlotte Flair is massive for the company. To have her husband... The competition. At the competitions, that can be a kind of a screw you, WWE. You know? So, will they? You know what? I'm going to say they're probably going to but I don't think he's going to move the needle. I wish he would, but I just don't think there's enough uniqueness about him. And he's definitely not a big man. I mean, he spent most of his uh, career. I mean, he's only five foot nine. Okay. He's not a big man. He's not a heavy man. Um, He's, he's, he's under 200 pounds, I believe, or or right close to 200 pounds. I don't see him being a a big factor in AEW. We got any comments on that? Yeah, of course we do. We do. (laughs) Of course we do. They all say no. What? (laughs) This one is funny, actually. This is what I was talking about. I think they meant meant Santana and Ortiz, but this Alan (laughs) Bellman says he should. He can see with Tito and Ortiz. Sorry, say that again. He can see with with Tito and Ortiz. Tito? Tito Santana? That guy's back? (laughs) Or Tito Ortiz? Tito Ortiz? Like the the MMA fight? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, we're going to put that down as we don't really know what you're talking about, but well, maybe you don't either. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Richard, Richard Wallace, <laughs> he says, of course, he ticks all of Cody's boxes. I mean, box. Former WWE talent, check. <laughs> <laughs> His only box is for Again, that's brilliant. Then we have Rick Saran III says, Oh, that guy again? <laughs> Absolutely hope so. Imagine the matchups you can have with Andrade. He can face Phoenix, Penta, Trinkleboy, Omega. The possibilities are endless and will be awesome. And will yeah. be awesome. They show all <laughs> kinds of awesome, quote unquote, awesome matches. And how's that? Well, he, he's going to come in and say he's a big fan of Mexican video games, and he's going to join Kip Saban as <laughs> oh, his no. compadre. His oh. <laughs> His That'd muchacho, cool. his best <laughs> muchacho. When we play uh, PS5 Live. <laughs> yeah, and then the fresh matchup of it will be him and Miro. Miro and Andrade are going to fight each other <laughs> in the Who the Fuck Cares uh, match. All right. No, wait, that's QT Marshall. Anyways, let's go. So we have the numbers here. Yes. 78% say yes, while 22% say no. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I can see that. Uh, our next hot topic was an interesting one because I had seen uh, a lot of when MJF formed his stable group. Uh, what are they called? The Pinnacle? Yep. Pinnacle. Pinnacle. Which is really funny when you guys had sent me like uh, uh, the upcoming matches. And for some reason, the Pinnacle just not stuck in my head. When you guys said the Pinnacle, I was like, I thought one of the, I, I equated to the acclaimed and I'm like, wasn't one of those guys injured? Like, and where's the three? How's three of them fighting? Who's this third person? And then what I literally, until that match came on, I'm like, oh yeah, they're the pinnacle. What a dumb name. Okay. Uh, it's, you know what? It would be a cool name if there wasn't like 30 other cool names. <laughs> it's just so much of the same, right? Everyone's got top flight, the acclaimed. They've all got these kind of names and you're the just hybrid. like, well, the hybrid theory. Yeah. It's almost yeah. it's almost like they've went and like it's like picking off like Steven Seagal movies. Yes. Like the- I want to see the hard to kills. Hard to Anyhow. kills. Yes. <laughs> or no, the under sieges. Under- okay. <laughs> under siege two. <laughs> yeah, they're the backup guys for those dudes. <laughs> or no, they the tag team is under siege two. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so the, the the thing that came out of this, which struck me as the weirdest, okay, you got F, you've got MJF, who's the big poster boy. We've all been waiting him to break out and use his superior uh, speaking abilities. Uh, we've we've everyone's been oh poor FTR, they bring them in and job them out constantly and don't get they're the best. That's the funny thing is too. When did they become the best tag team in the world? Since they haven't really won any matches or beaten anybody big, but we they're the best team there is because you know, that's what they say on the internet. So it must be true. <sighs> Okay, so and then and, and you got Tully, yeah, and you got Wardlow, and you would think that the last possible thing that anyone would talk about with all that talent is the guy who has made like a blip. He's a fart in the church in his career in AEW. He's been a fart in the church, okay, yeah. and and that's been uh, Sean Spears, right? And you would think, okay, pretty odd they threw him in there, but that should be the end of it. But instead, he's become a big internet talking point, where tons of people are saying. He is, he, what the hell is this guy doing? He's nothing. He's, he doesn't belong in this group. And then you got the, uh, an equal amount of people saying, Ooh, he's the, the enforcer type guy, but he, he'll be the one who eat the pill, the pins for them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why, why? this is what made him credible in WWE is just hanging out with some guys. So 
here's the thing. Does he fit in this group and will he be successful? And uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Andy, do, do you think he fits into this group and will he be successful in this group? Or is he really just a lackey in the bot? Like, what do you see about this guy in this group? It's tough. I don't, I hate to make the comparison and I, but I want, mm -hmm. but I see him as, yes, I see him like an enforcer role. Mm -hmm. And, and I, the and hurdle not, to get through. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in the, you know, the hired gun or the, whatever you want to say. Uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that to compare, like a make a horseman comparison, comparing to Arn, but, but the enforcer, that's, that's how it is. I mean, you've got the tag team, you've got the guy that's going to kind of be the, uh, you know, the, the diamond, the centerpiece in MJF. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of the, the right-hand man. And I think he's a good fit for it. I think he was underrated. I think he's undervalued. Mm -hmm. uh, a while back, you know, when he, when he disappeared, they were talking, you know, talking about uh, Matt Hardy mm -hmm. and, you know, how he, if he's going to do something and change, like disappear. This, remember, this is what happened with Sean Spears. Sean Spears, the last we saw him, he did uh, like the, the shoot style kind of promo or um, interview. I think it was with JR or Tony. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, was, he wasn't being used properly and he basically wanted to quit. Uh -huh. And we were all like, what the hell? Like, and that was awesome because they kept it quiet. I really like that. Yeah. And so now it's kind of like here, he's found his spot. And, you know, he's kind of, it's like a refresh, a bit of a reset. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, especially looking at, at who he's worked with, I'm trying to think if he's got more. I mean, he's obviously got more experience than MJF. Uh, yes. I'm trying to think. Would he have more than FTR with those guys? To be are? honest, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, wasn't he Gavin Spears originally in NXT? Probably at least seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, he's had two runs with the WWE. The guy is in his late 30s, early 40s. He, he has he, been he, around a lot. He had a he had like a role as a backstage producer, like back in 2007 in WWE. Yeah. So he's yeah. been around a lot. He's just always been flittering on the edge of being something and then yeah. fading out. You know, his well, biggest thing was the WWE was the perfect 10 thing. Perfect 10, yeah. And then they moved him. And that was, by the way, Andy, that was his second run in NXT, which people forget. Okay. He'd already had a run before and a run in SmackDown that went nowhere. Yeah. They let him go and then they rehired him again a couple of years later to give okay. him another try. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I think he's a good fit. I don't think he's out of place. Mm -hmm. I, I hope he does well. I mean, I, I like to see the group do well, uh, mm -hmm. but I hope he does well. Okay. Um, I've looked at it a lot myself, and I don't think he fits in only for the simple fact of the way he's been presented already. Um, there's these natural roles that they all seem to be trying to fit in. And you're right. They're trying to make that horseman comparison. They may not say they are, but they definitely are. And all the other guys fit the pieces. You know, uh, except Wardlow, which is, you know, I mean, he's an extra a spice, you know, but they have like, you know, there's the Ric Flair MJF, there's the tag teams, you know, the Andersons and FTRs, right, or the Brainbusters, if you want, at that yeah. time. Um, and you even have, um, uh, who's their manager? Tully Blanchard. Tully. Tully. Yeah. Now, Tully fits into what J.J. Dillon was, right? Yeah. Now, here's the weird component. If we're really um, aping what the horsemen did, then the key component is that guy who was either Tully Blanchard when he was the singles wrestler yeah. or when it was supposed to be uh, Barry Windham. Yeah. Or, and the thing with those guys were um, they weren't the guys who ate the pins. Tully didn't eat pins. Tully won the, 
the lower tier belts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barry won the lower tier belts. Yeah. They were the biggest roadblock to get to Ric Flair. Yeah. You had to go through the U.S. champion to finally get your chance at the world champion. So they weren't guys who just took the pins and were a nuisance to get to the top. Uh, the problem I have is I would love to see uh, Spears succeed. And I think the way he's portrayed himself with his look, especially, uh, doesn't fit into that role, but I would love to see it succeed in another role. And so I can see why people are uncomfortable with this fit. It's like, you know, you have the four horsemen. Hey, let's make Dusty a four horseman. Huh? <laughs> that ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know, for so for me, that's why I, I don't think he fits in, and I see why people have the uncomfortable thing with it. And it has I don't think it has anything to do with his ability. There are some people who are dissing him on the internet saying, Well, he's nothing, blah blah blah. No, this guy is a well-traveled wrestler. I've even seen him live a couple of times. Andy, he's come up to PWA. He was a PWA champion, wasn't he, for a little bit? Uh the guy can really wrestle, he can really put together some great matches. Uh that hasn't he hasn't been given that chance in AEW. Yeah. And uh, I think he could, but I think he's putting himself into a role that's very different than what the pinnacle would offer. So for me, it's kind of a no-go. Uh, let's take a look at the numbers. What are people saying about this, uh, Elio? So 90% said yes, he fits in, while 10% said no. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do we have some comments to, to tell me why? Oh, of course we do. Yes. Let's hear those. Uh, let's see. Titus J. Asbury says he's the spare tire in the group. So I guess that's <laughs> uh, taking the pins. It's funny. It's, I mean, we talked about that. And I know there's some other comments here. But if you notice, when I was talking about him, I did not say to me that he was someone that was taking the pin. Yes, you did not. But so there are yeah. so many people who seem to think that's what his role is. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, there's actually a few of those comments on here. That's why. Um... Or maybe they're failing to understand, Andy. I mean, the role of Tully and the role of Wyndham wasn't to take pins, but they did eventually have to be the guy you beat to get to yes. the next yep. level. They were the, well, like stepping they were the, gate, the, the, key, the gatekeepers. Well, I, do have one, I do have one here. John Page okay. says, yeah. Sean Spears is a damn good wrestler. How mm -hmm. they use him is another story. Mm -hmm. I think we've, we've reiterated that many times here. Yeah, and then John King says, if he's not stop-started and gets wins over people other than the enhancement talent, then he will get over huge. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, well, uh, this, is, this one was an interesting one, and uh, um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the 90% of you think that this is a great fit, that it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know how talented this guy is. And it's very frustrating for the last year to see him floating at the bottom. You know, not being able to get uh, the eyes on him, not to be able to get to show what he can do. It'd be different if this guy was a no-talented hack. But yeah. this dude can wrestle. He's got the talent. And he just has not gotten the breaks that some people have. Yep. So we'll see where that goes. Well, you know what, folks? We're going to go to a uh, quick break here. Before we do, Elio, could you tell people... If they want to write in and make comments or, or suggest things to any of us, uh, where could they write in? So you can write in on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. All right. And you know, folks, we are one of many shows on the WPOV Network. You're listening to WPOV Global. You hear every Friday mornings uh, featuring me, uh, the Lone Wolf Andy Anderson, and the gentleman Elio Canella. 
we also have another show on Saturday or Sunday mornings, uh, WPOV, the original show, WPOV Wrestling, where uh, we have Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, and uh, the $50 man, Clay Cummings, where they tackle almost everything involving the WWE. They take a look at all the shows. Uh, they even make a big comparison of the week uh, between AEW and NXT and try and give a bit of levity what's going on between these two companies. They're a fun, uh, crazy uh, listen to, so take a check at them. Uh, every Monday is, uh, I got to say, as being the old cool cats that me and Andy could try and be, it's our old cool cat show called Quarantine, where uh, we get on some people on the old Zoom. We usually pick up a couple of veterans. Sometimes we get some legends. Sometimes we get some up and coming young guys. We get media people from other places, people who are interested and have a vested interest in wrestling, where we sit and we talk some fun, goofy stuff. But then we mix in some deep, uh, meaningful stuff in what wrestling's about. And we try and take a look at not only the history of wrestling, but also what wrestling is, what it should be and what it could be. For the yeah. love of the business. Yeah. It, it's one of my favorite times of the week to say, I could be almost dead sick and I still want to get out of bed and talk. And I have been, I've done one or two yeah. episodes where <laughs> I've been dead sick, but I just could not resist the chance to hear a certain person uh, talk about some stuff. And we've had some great hosts, uh, guests on there. Uh, some of my favorites, we've had Ron Fuller on. Yes. Um, we've had um, Savio Vega. Savio Vega. Um, D'Lo Brown. Bushwick yeah. Bushwhacker Luke, Glamour Boy Shane, Kevin Sullivan was, it was yeah. interesting to sit and, and hear him Bell Dundee. Oh, so many guys. And we are going to continue to bring you as many as we can find. And uh, so you can find that every Monday. And there's a little show we do called Aftermath, which shows up, you know, once a month when there's a pay-per-view. Um, although I guess WrestleMania week, and I think Tony Diaz is trying to crack the whip and make us do like three of those in three days i don't see me being on uh, yeah. one of those let alone three of them but uh you, you get some iteration of all of the, the hosts uh talking about whatever pay-per-view that they're covering and you get a quick right after that we do it right after the show try and get out there as quick as we can and you get our un unfiltered unadulterated look at what that's about and you know what you're probably listening to this on whatever your usual platform is there are other platforms that are that you can find the show we're of course available on youtube spotify our iheart radio tune in oh i think uh, that's Podbean. Podbean, the bean of pods i always forget that one the bean uh, of pods if we were middle middle middle-aged earth or whatever it's called you know, whatever i'm losing it now anyhow uh now, the last thing we do is uh, usually we ask uh, Andy to uh, talk some T-shirts for us, right? But uh, Andy's throat sometimes gets a little parched, <laughs> gets a little hard, a little worked up. And uh, so we usually try and uh, see if we can bring in a special guest just to cover him. We've been on this great run um, where we had been resurrecting uh, the spirits of some uh, passed away WWE legends. This time... It is not a passed away guy. Oh, no. It is a guy who was in the WWE. He, he's an old timer. He, he's a very interesting, intense kind of fella. And he's been putting his time in lately in AEW. So I want to bring forward Jake the Snake Roberts and have Jake <laughs> tell us about the t-shirts that we have for sale. Are you serious? <laughs> how, how are we going to channel Jake the Snake? When the, he's going to talk so low? so low, so quiet, <laughs> nobody's going to be able to hear him. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll amplify the sound on the show. 
Yeah, don't worry. We'll get him in here. We'll get him in here. Uh, Jake, Jake, where are you, buddy? Uh, try and relax. Don't be so intense. It's just t-shirts, buddy. Okay, it's just. Jake, put the snake down. Can you, can you do a redial? Try and find somebody else. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Jake, I'm sorry. And he does have a big fear of snakes. I realize that. We probably can't do that. Um, you know what, Andy? This week, let's just let you go on it, okay? You, you just push some t-shirts, and, and I'll try and I'll try and get a different legend next week. I'll try, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other legends that I could uh, could throw Did out you, there actually that you might be able to to bring up. I'm sorry. It's just with Jake, there, there's nothing really to work with. That's going to slow and uh, it's just, he's so intense at times. It gets a little weird. I guess I'm thinking more like the rambling AEW. <laughs> oh well, you know it's kind of uh, yeah. Who else? We've, we've had the Macho Man. We've, we've had, had the Hulk. We've had the Sheik. Have we had Ric Flair? Yep. We had. Oh, yeah, we had, had Ric Flair. Ric Flair was one of the first ones, I think. Oh, yeah. I know who we could get on the the phone. You who know, we try to get Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is gonna be so bad oh everybody talking daddy about hard times because you can't afford to pay your rent maybe you can't afford to pay for your food for your supper well let me tell you baby the american dream has a dream if you will Whatever you get, whether you get $10, whether you get $20, if you go to that window <laughs> at the end of two weeks, baby, because I know you're a hardworking man. The American dream, no, you're a hardworking woman. But when you talk about hard times, there's something, baby, there's something that's the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I got to tell you this, if you want to be funky like a monkey, if you want to be the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, daddy, you need to go to the prowrestlingtees.com, the backslash wrestling POV. You find yourself one of them cute little t-shirts from the wrestling POV crew, daddy. They got the one, two, three, four. I'm not talking about the four horsemen. I think maybe they even have five. If we're going to count that nasty scoundrel hiding in the back, Mr. James J. Dillon, baby. You find yourself in front of your computer. You find yourself on ProWrestlingTees.com. You get yourself one of those wrestling POV t-shirts, daddy. It don't matter if you got black with yellow polka dots. It don't matter if you're wearing your policeman's head on backward. You buy that t-shirt, baby. And remember, the American dream, the son of a plumber, I'll leave you with this. You can beat my prices, but you can't beat my meat. Oh, Dusty. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to ask for Sapphire, but I knew she was busy. So thank you, Dusty. Thanks for coming aboard. And uh, that's right, folks. We're going to go to a quick commercial break here. When we get back, we're diving nose first straight into AEW. Dynamite time, babies. This is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and uh, you are listening to WPOV Wrestling. And we're back, folks. Let's take a look at, okay, Prime it up, Andy. Let's take a look at AEW. 
Dynamite. For a second, I thought you were going to do the AEW exploding match fizzler. <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> just too meta for us. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure. Was this a taped? I, I can never tell. Was this a taped episode or a live episode? Do we know? Does anyone know? It always seems I like the live ones know. are a little better. But um, let's start off with the show, okay? Uh, Elio has said this to me many times, and I have to agree with him. I don't understand why the hell Matt Seidel gets a title shot at Kenny Omega. This is what they opened up with. Kenny Omega defending the title against Matt Seidel, despite the fact he doesn't have that great of a win-loss record <laughs> on Dark. But is there an explanation that makes was sense? He was he defending the title, or was, was wasn't this if he won, he was supposed to get an opportunity for the title? I was very confused with that, too, because I, I thought they said he needed to beat him to get a shot, but then I thought yeah. tonight they were giving you the feel this was the shot. Don Callis referencing that, that youngster, Matt Seidel, who's been wrestling at least 15 years longer than Kenny Omega, and right away, everybody on the announced team jumped on him, saying, what are you talking about? The guy's at least the same age or older. <laughs> than Omega and they kept it up through the whole thing with little snips at at Callus which I found funnier than the match um I'm guessing they do that that's part of their shtick yeah Callus is being the carny and yeah Yeah. this young up-and-comer but it works for a change when you can make Excalibur the one who's not odious at the booth you've done something well um this match was okay uh, it's it went the way I expected. I mean, Sedell's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's it's a ill fit for him because he's best either fighting a guy who's the same size as him or a guy who's very big and slow. Instead, he has a guy like Kenny Omega who's bigger than him and just as fast and creative as him. So it didn't really come off the, as like anything all that special. Um, the only thing I find weird is. Do you guys find it weird sometimes the way Kenny wrestles? Like he does these weird kind of movements where he kind of slows down and does a cartoonish burst into a speed and does a kind of a tiptoe thing a lot. It, it really seems like he's pantomiming wrestling half the time. Isn't that why Jim Cornette calls him twinkle toes or something? You know, I never really paid attention to it till I've been watching the last couple of weeks and he does that a lot. He, he kind of dances around. And I don't understand why. He's the world champion. I mean, He's an I, artiste. That he is. That he is. So, uh, guys, uh, would, you, would you get up? Andy, I'm going to say I found this match to be pretty pedestrian. What, what did you find out of this? Yeah, it, it was okay. Nothing special. I mean, the outcome was never in doubt. Uh, quick, fast-paced. It was there. Okay. Elio? Yeah, it was just an okay match for me. Uh, we got well, Omega one. Uh, we expected that, uh, so just uh, an okay opening match. Okay, nothing All special. Right. We move on to the second match. We have Adam Page taking on Cesar Benoni. Um, first of all, Cesar Benoni confuses the <laughs> hell out of me with his look because he has the facial features of a European but the skin tone of a South American. And it's a very confusing mix. I mean, you could almost think he was a very turn, very tanned German Eastern European guy. Mm-hmm. But then you look closely and you realize he's Spanish and it's okay. Uh, he's very awkward. He's big. Yeah. He used to be in the old days. If you thought you saw a really big guy, you'd be like, yeah, we can 
build a star here, at least to the chap to work up and, to, and beat, right? But now the world's full of really big guys. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really stand out to me at all, talent-wise. I, I don't see I don't see it in this dude. I don't. He has a weird look. He has his style is slow and plodding, and he doesn't have like a devastating move or two to make him seem like a credible monster. Uh, I thought Adam Page just sort of cruised through another yep. forgettable match for him. Uh, Elio, just yeah, just another forgettable match. Uh... Uh, Hangman Page is the bug shot, and that's it. Just a squash match. All right, Andy. Yep, essentially what Elio said. You know, well, I think what made a, it, it would have been better if this match had been. It just seemed a tiny bit long for a squash match. They, he they, he should have taken him out quicker, and then yeah. he would have had a better feel for it. It it just sort of like he plotted on a bit. So, um, Lance Archer promo. I actually like this, and I don't know why. I'm tired of his babbling kind of garbage. This made it seem like a big guy who was seriously pissed off and seriously taking this this whole stuff with Sting seriously, and I enjoyed that. Uh, Andy? Uh, same thing, kind of getting away from the the mumbly-bumbly stuff, and uh, you know, he's here to kick ass, and he, he gives Sting his props, and you know, there's no murder hawk uh, monster without Sting, and and uh, I loved, I loved that he had the bat, and I loved the, the, you know, it's showtime at the end. I thought that was sweet. I, I liked it. Excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This was a great promo. My only problem, I'm going to say, I like Lance Archer. I've watched him for years. It's been nice progression. I've felt a little bad that he seems to have gone backwards since joining the AEW from what he was in New Japan. But I got to say this. I'm sorry, but the Murder Hawk is the stupidest nickname in the world. <laughs> I mean, come up with something really. The murder hawk. Oh, brother! Have I introduced you to my son, the uh, the uh, sometime killer faux hawk? I, I, you know, whatever. Okay, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, we had a little thing with Thunder Rosa that happened right after the match. They showed her talking, and uh, then they had Britt Baker come out and do a very heel promo, which was the the logic of it. Okay, she delivered it great. Yep. Okay. And she said some schnitt, schnitty little things in it, right? Uh, some of them, though, you could take apart being like, well, that's an incredibly stupid thing to say. I mean, saying about uh, Mick Foley, oh, well, I was there with my 85 thumbtacks in me. Uh, yeah, try that guy's had like 8,000 thumbtacks in him. Like, you know what I mean? That yeah. was kind of a, a stretch. I think you said it took um, Mick Foley 20 years to become a legend. And I became a legend overnight. Yeah. yeah, so that was the <laughs> ultimate yeah. in. Uh, I I enjoy the bravado yes. of the the heel there, but it was so far <laughs> out of credible. She tried to make it credible by including Mick Foley, but in doing so, made it uncredible by what she said. So there, that's the only thing that I'll say wrong with mm-hmm. it. But I'm loving the fact that man, yeah, he has got some personality. Yeah, and lately she's been wrestling, so. Elio, what do you think of this one? This was uh, one of my highlights. So, uh, great promo, but uh, yeah, I could have done with that with the make Foley thing. Okay. But uh, uh, overall, overall oh. it was really great. Okay. Uh, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying, you know, and, and you guys know I'm a Britt Baker fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved the attitude. I loved the poise, the way she carried herself as the heel. But this is the one thing, and, and I find this, and, and you know, 
if you understand to some degree the business and you get why mm -hmm. they're doing it, uh, it's the same thing with MJF is that, you know, you've got the, the youngsters and some of the claims they make, you understand why they're doing it. They're, you know, they're trying to get the heat. They're trying to make a comparison. They're trying to get the cheap pop. They're trying to get the mentions or whatever, but you know, it, it, it's kind of like you're saying though, like it loses credibility and it's like, okay, yeah. You know, maybe there was a time where you could say, oh, Mick Foley, you know, it took you 20 years to become a hardcore legend. I became one overnight. No, <laughs> no, no, you didn't. No. You had, you had, you had a solid match. You had an impressive match that uh, exceeded expectations. You yeah. stepped up. You surprised just about everybody. Uh, no, you're, you're not a, a legend. You're not a hardcore legend. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's those incredulous claims. Like you said, like the intent is one thing, but it almost has the reverse effect in that it's mm -hmm. like, uh, no, no, I'm kind of buying into you less. It's the same thing with MJF, some of the stuff that he says. And it's like, I get you're being a heel and I get you're trying to be the, you know, like textbook in this regard. But no, even with, with the level of suspension of disbelief, mm -hmm. it, it just it doesn't work. You're not going to buy into it. And you you look, it's almost like you kind of look foolish for saying it. it's, it's, it's uh, you know, you're just trying to do the name drop or you're trying to just say something for shock value rather than, you know, having it actually be incredible. And you know what, too? I want to point out something odd here is um, it takes two people to do a match. Yeah. And we can't forget that Thunder Rosa was, was, was quite brilliant in this match. But did you notice you can tell who AEW really cares about promoting and who not so much by just these two back-to-back -back little interviews, the way they were presented, shot, and done? Even though she lost, Britt Baker looked like she was the star. And even though that Thunder Rosa won, she looked like just the sort of afterthought of the second part of the match. And, and I yeah. felt that very depressing because I think Thunder Rosa can be more. But for some reason, I don't think AEW is going to present her in anywhere the manner that they're going to put Britt Baker at. I think yeah. they're much more. I mean, Britt Baker, was she not the first woman they signed to AEW in the beginning when this all started? I'm pretty sure she was yeah. the first female wrestler they announced before AEW even started. That she was out there doing weird. those promos. So, all right. Uh, then, okay. <laughs> like I said, these names, okay. Uh, you guys, uh, I had to watch some of this out of order and I asked for a list of uh, what was coming up. <laughs> Uh, Andy and, and Elio sent me that the Pinnacle defeated Varsity Blondes and Andy had written some guy. <laughs> so I'm like, Dante my Martin. first thought. Dante yeah, Martin, sure. Da Dante Martin from Top Flight. It took me a minute to recognize uh. him too. But uh, so they come out. Are, are Actually, the thing is when he said the Pinnacle and, and these younger tag team Varsity Blondes, and he'd written the note that on his note, he had said, well, who's the good guy, bad guy here? Or no, sorry. He said, who are they trying to push here? Yes. Right. So in my head, I, I automatically thought this was like two young teams coming up. So the acclaimed uh, popped in my head. And then I started thinking, well, isn't one of them injured? Well, okay. And who's the third guy? Why were the, okay. So I'm very confused. And when they opened the door, it literally took me a few seconds of them walking by to go, Oh, they're the prestige. Oh, okay, it's MJF's group. Oh, I mean the pinnacle or the pinnacle. <laughs> Jeez, there's so many interchangeable names. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Let's just let's get into this match. See, um, you can call them almost anything. Pinnacle Prestige. Yeah, they're all kind of the names, or there seems to be a lot of the names these days. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the Varsity Blondes. They look. They're, they're looking more and more like a team constantly. Yeah. Um, Got to give props to this Dante Martin. He is so smooth for a smaller guy in there. And I'm watching him, and he's like. It's like he's had 10 years more wrestling training than the, than the varsity blondes. And we know that's not true, but he just has a fluid, a fluidity about him that he really feel, you feel like you could plug him into any match with somebody and he's going to make both people look good. You know, you, maybe you can't buy him as a champion or because he's not that big of a guy, but you do buy him as a special talent. He just has this movements about him that just are way above his partners. Um, as for the uh, pinnacle, Andy, <laughs> tell me your thoughts on this match because I want to see if I, I'm well, very unsure of how I felt about this. Okay, and and here is my issue, and I know in our group chat I'm like, who are they trying to push? Because as we watch the first part, from the start of the match to commercial, mm-hmm. it's all you know, all varsity blondes and yeah. Dante Martin, and they look good. Like I'm not taking that away from them, but when you're doing the debut match for three quarters of what you know we're all kind of assuming here is going to be like the hottest new heel faction in the company mm-hmm. who are we trying to put a shine on and, and this is uh I'll, I'll use you know i've used this in um comparison before when we've talked about big men and stuff uh talking about like braun Strowman and, and working as a big man and how he had a match with Sami Zayn and, you know, he gave Sami a lot and then Big Show comes up to him after and says, you know, like, what are you doing here? Like, oh, well, I'm trying to make a competitive match. And I understand about, okay, well, you know, if, if you know, you're fighting crap and you beat crap, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But coming on the heels of, no pun intended, destroying, you know, pretty much destroying the inner circle and having your, you know, your, like I said, three, three quarters of your guys debut, they should have kicked the living hell. They yes. should have been bullies. They should have been, this should have been a beat down. Mm-hmm. You know, there should have been no offense. Like this should have been like bowling shoe, ugly, mm-hmm. beat them down. This is why we're the pinnacle. This is why we're the very top. And this is just the beginning. There's no way. And varsity blondes and Dante Martin, you know, if it was going to be still them in that same, same situation, Tonight just wasn't their night. You're right. Do you know what I got out of this match, Andy? What it told me and the way they told it and set it up? It told me not that the Pinnacle were these super tough dudes. It just told me that Wardlow was. That's it. They made him the one that stopped everything and, and slowed down the team by standing and looking at them. Meanwhile, there's, what, almost twice as many of them as there are the team they're facing? Yeah. That came off as just wrong to me. Uh, yep. You're right. You want to show the pinnacle as being this great thing. And I still don't get it. I don't know what people say, why people keep saying FTR is the greatest tag team because I'm just not seeing them wrestling as a great tag team, like something above anyone else. Yeah. So for me, this this match, uh, it, I think you're right. I would have rather it have been just the pinnacle showing what they're all about, destroying these guys. No mercy. Mercy, yeah, but that isn't what we got. Elio, did yeah. you enjoy this match? Uh, this was one of my lights because uh, the Pinnacles, uh, this is their debut match. 
this, they should, yeah, they should have uh, totally beat down uh, first Blunt and Dante Martin. Mm -hmm. Should have been okay. that. It should have been like along the same lines as uh, the Adam Page match, squash match. Okay. All right. Um, next, we move on to, and I found this kind of funny. I'm going to say I kind of found this funny, and I wasn't sure what to expect, is the Team Taz promo. Okay. <laughs> First, I click on to this thing. And I see them all standing there, and Cage has got that stupid fucking FTA, FTW belt. And I'm hey, we were we last week. Oh, God. Okay. And I'm thinking in my head, is the story was to placate and, and make Brian Cage feel better. They're going to say, hey, don't forget you're the FTW champion. You know, like, I don't know. So Taz, of course, being Mr. Tough Guy Douchebag, going out and saying how, how uh, Brian Cage um, – was sorry for what he'd said and he apologized to people and he's sorry he he uh singled out ricky starks and the best part of it as they're all looking at the camera right you can see the look on brian cage's face like <laughs> you know like okay and uh man hook looks like he's 14 years old um, i don't know what that guy's doing in there um Ricky Starks was just bizarre looking today. I can't put my finger on it, but he just seemed very yeah. strange today. You're okay, Ricky? Absolutely. <laughs> right? and, and here's where uh, it was all great until they cut to Brian Cage. And all Brian Cage has to do is do something to show a little more division, to get a little bit of a spike in there. And instead, all he says is, who better? And it's just so much more ambiguous that you're like, Taz is kind of looking there like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think that was a missed opportunity. Uh, what do you think, Andy? I get what they're doing. You know, it, it's the... Is it the slow burn they're going for? <laughs> no. I mean, Taz, you know, saving face. Everything's cool. You know, they may as well just said, oh, Brian wasn't feeling well. And, you know, he said some things that... Uh, <laughs> kind of crazy ha, 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 ha. but we're all good here everything's okay uh you know so we, we know this eventually that or you know it's most likely that the turn will eventually happen it uh eh, it's something it's with team taz that maybe, i mean brian k like he can only get better if they split him up right mm -hmm. I, hope, I hope so yeah wait here's the logic here so the three of us are in a team and Andy uh, breaks our enemy's thing and goes over and tells Rick Serrano that he respects him and blah, blah, blah. And we're in the back, <laughs> mad tizzy, because we've been, we've been feuding with Rick. Well, what are you doing, so, Andy? With Rick and Tony. Right? So, so, so I'm supposed to understand that we decide to all parade ourselves out on television without talking really to Andy. Yeah. And start saying, well, Andy says he's sorry. And Andy came and apologized to each and every one of us. And <laughs> now if he did this already and he got pissy and left us, we're supposed to think he's just going to go, oh, yeah, okay, guys, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It, it just logically, it was like, really? Of course he's going to be sitting there going, what the fuck are these guys talking about? You know, you're just going to make a fool out of yourself. So I'm not sure what the point was. Did Taz think he was going to intimidate Brian Cage by having four of them browbeat him. I, I don't get the logic in this. So for me, this fell pretty flat too. Elio, did, did you get anything positive out of it? Hey, for me, it was just there. I was like, 
I I I, I got I got a laugh out of uh, Brian Cage. Uh, the only two words that he said were "who better." Who better? Okay, moving on to the QT Marshall thing. Oof, guys, this would be a great story told by anyone else. QT Marshall, this guy, man. I mean, I get he's probably a great trainer, yeah, but he has zero personality. He's where personality goes to die. Okay, and about Kenny King. (laughs) He's he's the Kenny King of AEW. Okay, but at least Kenny can wrestle more. Um, So. I'm watching this and it's like QT Marshall complaining and you get it. If you had your eyes closed and it wasn't him, you get the idea of why he's feeling upset. Yeah. You, you can buy into that. But then when you look at who it is saying it, you just don't care anymore. Uh, the most awkward thing in the world was him pointing out his wife and trying to sound sympathetic and sad. Meanwhile, she's like <laughs> waving her hand, smiling and <laughs> But I don't get to go. I don't get to sleep with her. Yeah, she's just there to look at. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, the biggest douchebag in the world, Cody Rhodes, comes out, and he comes out and he says such a smattering dick face thing to say to somebody. QT Marshall is saying he just wants to prove that he can wrestle competitively and show that he's a superstar. And meanwhile, Cody Rhodes comes out and might as well have just patted him on the head and said, don't worry though. If I get you in a hold, I'm not going to cinch it in. And if I put the crossroads, I'm not going for the finisher. We're family. So basically you're saying, okay, little buddy, you'll have your little spotlight and I won't hurt you because obviously I'm way tougher and cooler and stronger and smarter and everything else than you. And I'll make sure to take it easy on you, little buddy. Let me put your little cheeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, this might have worked had it been somebody who didn't, or somebody who had a personality. But it's QT fucking Marshall, who you can, I put on his matches when I, I have a hard time sleeping or insomnia, and bam, I'm out. <laughs> You're an interview with this guy, and I'm, all, I'm falling asleep right now talking about QT Marshall. So, as you can tell, this did not work for me. And once again, I'm not sure. Does Cody Rhodes even have any idea what the fuck he wants to be? Does he want to be a hero? Does he want to be a douchebag? Is he, what is he? Because every week he presents something totally different. And then just when you think, okay, I understand this dude, he does something even worse. And most of it is self-centric douchebag. It's douchebaggery. That's all I can say. Elio, what'd you get out of the old QT Marshall? Uh, I like this the segment at all. QT Marshall for me, just boring. Um, nothing interesting about him. Not looking forward to next week's match. Mm-hmm. You weren't blown away we... by those great sweats he was wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his uniform? Is this nice sweats? Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just not looking forward to this match next week. We know he's going to win. Cody's not going to lose. True. He even comes up all battered with freaking arm <laughs> yeah. sling that he's still treating him like, don't worry, little buddy. Yeah, I may be, I can be, sure I may be half dead, but no. I'll still take it easy on for, you. For me, this spell flat, I didn't like it. All right, Andy? Uh, you know what? I'll I'll try to be the optimist here. Okay. Even with, with QT, like, at least, like, the story is believable. And it's, yeah. it's something that is there... You know, if you if you've been watching AEW more or less from day one, and mm-hmm. even if you have a reasonable idea of some of the backstage stuff and whatnot, the story at least makes sense, mm-hmm. and I like that. Um, 
and you know what? You is QT the most charismatic guy? No, but I, 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 you know what? Though I had the empathy though, and I could kind of yeah. sympathize with what he was saying. So you know, I, I I bought into it a little more. Cody coming out, yeah. I at least we didn't have the whole intro with the pyro. We didn't have to wait ten minutes for him to get there. Mm-hmm. But you know, the him sitting in, in him in his suit, taking off his headset, coming out from his. Uh, Gorilla. executive role from the gorilla position whatever yeah um i yeah the whole condescending don't worry little buddy i'm i get it i just it's just do better that that that's how i yeah. felt about that like i actually you know what i actually felt you know i did feel bad for qt because it's like you're seeing this and going well, yeah, this is what essentially what you're complaining about and you're coming out and you're having to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Cody, it's maybe he borrows that young, you know, that uh, mythical young bucks coin that I talk about, you know, before they come out, we're going to flip <laughs> it. Are we heal? Today. Yeah. Heal our baby face. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, but no, I maybe, you know, maybe next week, maybe this is the match where, QT snaps his arm to really try to put a little heat on, on him and Cody sits out for a while or something. It's where he comes out next week wearing Adidas. He calls it Adidas. He's going to Miro. And well, they become I, the, the Gopniks. And they, I know. Um, I, they, I would like to see. I think, I think you, know who, you know what we need to see is huh? we need a tag team with QT and Brandon Cutler. Oh, God. <laughs> and we can call them, we call them the other guys. The other guys. Oh, oh. Okay. Actually, when you what I see next week, Lee yeah. Johnson gets involved. Because in the original feud was Lee Johnson and QT, which yeah. doesn't make it any better, I'm just saying. As we're looking at this, right, and I'm thinking they're wasting this great storytelling on QT Marshall because this really isn't his spot. This isn't really, it's not working. And then I look over and I'm like, why the fuck isn't this not Scorpio Sky? Imagine how great this would be, Scorpio Sky having these problems with Cody. The same story. Give us that delivery. Give us that yeah. understanding. And you would have, it would have shot Scorpio way up higher. You know, instead you give the great lines and the thing and the star presence to the guy who is not really like, okay, I could go the rest of my life without saying the name fucking QT anymore. Okay? It's it's stupid. Um Go ahead, Andy. I, to I, his I, credit, I, though, that's you know what? That's a more real story than ninety percent of what they got, though. True. You may not like the delivery of like who's doing it, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's a real know, story it's based on more of a legit story than stupid video game crap or what? Like, you don't you're not buying the video? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move on. Uh, oh, hey. Did you notice, and I want to, and first of all, I'm going to ask Elio not to answer this because sometimes he gets a little crazy with the trivia. I want to see if Andy gets it first. Andy, if you don't get it, then I'll open it up to Elio. Now, they mentioned in the match with uh, Omega that only one man has ever kicked out of the, the one-winged angel and that he wasn't in AEW. Andy, do you know who the man was who did this? Oh, I think we talked about this once before. We might have. We might have mentioned it before. But it's not like a big superstar. Do you do you know who it was? Uh, was it, it wasn't was it the nine year old girl? No, 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 no. It was okay. a legit wrestler. It was a legit wrestler. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, shoot, I, I I don't know. When you tell me, I might be like, oh yeah, yeah okay, that sounds right. You probably will. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know, Elio? You're not looking this up, are you? No. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who the man was? I can't think of the name off the top of my head. You should because he was in the next match. Laredo Kid is the only Laredo person kid. who was kicked out oh. of the One Wing Angel when uh, Kenny beat him for the uh, what is it? The Triple A title. Right, oh, that was that was triple mania. The one in Mexico, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And Laredo right. Kid is the only guy who's legitimately kicked out of the One Wing Angel in a very long time. That and then, right. so here's the part I don't get: they drop that little seed, and then at the end of this match, when when Cody comes out, or sorry, Cody, when um, Omega Kenny. comes out and Kenny starts beating Laredo Kid, he's like, "I remember you," but that's all he says, and they never reference once that this was the dude that beat him. <laughs> I just, why did they do that? That, that, that blows my mind. You, you set the seeds up, you, you throw the ball in the air, but you don't really let us take a swing at the, you know, it's like, uh, And especially, you know, and I, I said in the past, right, like I talk about history and story building and, and mm -hmm. how good WWE is do, uh, at doing that. This is one of those things where, yeah, like, uh, you know, they're going to create a little bit of history here, like AEW history, but not everybody knows about, you know, the triple A match or the mega yeah. title or whatever. You know what, if you're going to make that part of your history, you're right. Like tell us and then tell us again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to hint at it, to say he wasn't in the company and then he shows up in the next, you know, three matches later, Kenny comes out, attacks him and references it without telling us totally would have lost opportunity it would have been so cool all one person had to say is oh yeah laredo kid was the guy who lost the triple a title to because you're, you're putting up your champion right yeah so just dumb to mention i'd rather they had not mentioned that at all and just let, let laredo kid take a beating but you know but, what uh, these are all internet wrestling fans and everybody knows this so yeah. we don't have to tell you yeah it it, it, it popped three out of 300 people yeah okay not cool. Uh, so we got a match of the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid defeating the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Just reading that alone, you knew who was taking the pin here. 100%. Um, Laredo Kid, if you're going to te team with Phoenix, do something to make yourself look slightly different because in the fast pace of this, man, you two guys look way, your masks <laughs> and shit look way too much alike. It's confusing. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's the typical Lucha-style trios yep. match. Um, the Young Bucks were the Young Bucks. Um, boy, I don't know if you guys caught this. I, I try not to be cruel to Brandon Cutler, but uh, when they did their Meltzer driver and he jumped up and tried to do the, the spike thing into it to help them, did, did you see how pathetic that was? Well, yeah, the kind like of left slipped over? and fell on his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like slipped Whoa. and fell, Dude. and it was so bad that you're like, "Dude, you don't, you don't deserve to actually be in the ring with these guys. They may be your friends, but you're not on their level." Okay, you know, that's like, okay, you know what? Uh, I, I, I know. Uh, think of a team. Uh, the British Bulldogs were good friends of mine. Doesn't mean that. <laughs> That I should put on yeah. tights and wrestle a match with them. <laughs> so Brandon Cutler, he looked really poor in this match. Uh, I guess they tried to make it exciting because he, he got cut. I, it did nothing extra. Um, the Lucha Brothers, they did their usual kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? um, sometimes I can enjoy it. 
tonight. I was not into flippy flip mood, so I didn't buy it. Um, in the end, Brandon Cutler eats the pin. And then is what we were really waiting for. Kenny Omega runs out, cracks Laredo kid in the head, makes a bunch of references that, hey, if you're an obscure wrestling fan, maybe you'd catch. Yeah. Uh, they should have explained that. We explained that. Um, and sorry, real quick. The, and that was, was that his mega AAA title that they had out with him too? Yeah, because it wasn't the AEW title. Yeah, that's right. what he okay. ran out with that title. Yeah. Yeah. And so why, if you're going to bring out the title, show it on national television, referencing slightly the person beating you, why would you not just tell us this is the dude that actually beat you? Oh, wait, maybe it's because Laredo Kid's only five foot two and he's the only guy who survived the thing. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, this is another thing that I'm having a problem with here too, guys. Okay, so outcome uh, Omega. He starts doing this impassioned plea towards, and this wasn't that bad. No. Okay. It made sense in a story-wise. You yeah. know, I gave up uh, going to another thing. I was here to build this company with you guys. Um, I and, and let's face it, Omega did all those things. He spent a year as a tag team champion to keep the total spotlight on himself so that he could have his turn later. He helped build the company. He did all this stuff. And then when things start going in his mind for him, the young bucks start poo-pawing everything. And these are the same dudes who were in the Bullet Club in Japan and did all these other shitty things. But now they choose to not back Omega. So I get that storyline of it, okay? What I don't like about this feud is like they're really setting up uh, the Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers, maybe? Yeah. Yet the Good Brothers are never around and they don't really cut promos. And are they the elusive Kenny Omega boogeymen? Because they also get referenced later on by Moxley and... Uh, and uh, Eddie, yeah. and so it's like, okay, it's if one of those things where either what's that great saying, uh, shit or get off the pot, yeah, okay? Yeah. Don't just hint at little things. Either give it to us or drop it, because this whole stuff with the Good Brothers, I don't get it. Are you are you just setting them up to be quickly lose to lose to people because you hint that they could be really bad, but you don't show us enough of them to make them really stick out in our minds. So uh, that I didn't appreciate, okay? And then did we really need, I, I'm sorry, did it really serve a purpose to have the Lucha Brothers kick Kenny Omega at the end of this? It, it was entertaining. It, for a second, but overall in storyline, it served no purpose. I, I think that's just a setup for, you know, I think they'll do some sort of rematch or something where Laredo Kid's going to... Mm -hmm receive the next child I thought that was how I took it was that was just a little setup there where that's who's next and what do you do with Laredo kid we know who he is they don't uh, seem, they seem to be very unwilling to tell the general AEW public who he is but it doesn't matter because we're gonna beat him anyways <laughs> you guys know who he is you know their past uh they're gonna have a match and Kenny's gonna win okay uh, let's talk about the match itself. Uh, I said I just wasn't into the flippy dippy crap tonight. How did you feel, Andy? I know you do like the Lucha Brothers, but I like the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Laredo Kid. I don't know that I've ever seen him before. I mean, I, I know of him. Mm -hmm. uh, I put on, you know, I mean, you know, all of the fast-paced flippy stuff with Kenny and Matt to start to show was kind of eh, um, mm -hmm. because it was the Lucha Brothers. I put on my my Lucha glasses to watch this match, mm -hmm. and I had fun with it. Okay. You know, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I saw uh, your face when I brought up the Brandon Cutler assist, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of... Uh, 
but uh, no, I, I didn't mind it. The stuff afterwards, like you said, Kenny's Kenny's speech there, Kenny's promo, solid delivery. Again, similar to the QT thing. Like, I mean, that's there's more legit kind of background really history there, to yeah. it. Yeah. So, so it was good. You know, I'm just saying, I you know, I wasn't buying into AEW. I was buying into you guys. Yeah. So, you know, I like that. I like kind of making that the more more personal that way. Uh, the Bucks walk, walking off, fine. Yeah, the Good Brothers. That's that's one of those things where, you, you know, in this setting, it was done as they were coming in late because this stuff had to get done. But for the timing of it, otherwise, this would be akin to uh, Hobbs coming in late for Cody. And it's like, oh, yeah, the Good Brothers are going to turn on Kenny because they were late getting there. You know, like that's yeah. in a different different you know, from a different look, that's how that would kind of come across to me. But now, you know, if that's setting up for Young Bucks and, and Good Brothers, cool, fine. And, and like I said, to me, I know a little bit of the history, you know, thankfully, like you guys, but th- th- that's one of my main issues is, is they're, they're catering to really a smaller demographic. In, in, yeah, yeah smaller niche. niche that, you know, oh, yeah, people are going to know what's going on. They're going to know the history. And that's fine if you're going to keep drawing these same people, but you're not going to get new viewers when it's like, who's this guy? What happened? Who's that guy? And it's, yeah, whatever. Okay. But it was a fun match. How about you, Elio? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun match. It was, it was okay. Um, like you, uh, anything really here the, all the flippy stuff tonight in this match. Um, brand new color, it, not really a fan of Brandon Color. Um, I like what's there a like, to be of? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's nothing uh, to this guy. I like Omega when he came out, so he gave that speech. Then, mm-hmm. um, then uh, the whole uh, young bugs leaving, walking to the back. But yeah, I'm, the good brothers and the young bugs, I think we can get that the next pay per view. It's possible. But then on the flip side, let's go to the next segment where we got other people mad at the Good Brothers also. I also want to say, too, what a throwaway shot. Once again, catering to people who should know stuff going in or know more than what they're being told. But they referenced the Young Bucks as family men and then did a quick shot. And we were supposed to guess that was their wives and family. They didn't really mention it. They, we've never really seen them much before or at all, I think. And there's a little girl and some women oh, waving, and I'm like, "It's the littlest bucks." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, once again, I hate that when if you're going to do that, make it mean something. You know, you're telling a story, mm-hmm. make every character mean something. Don't just have throwaway drivel that you don't know what it really means, because yeah. then you're just wasting my time and yours to write this shit. So I, I didn't really appreciate that. I, had they just said, oh, look, your wife's there. Boom, yeah, thing. But, you know, oh, you're a family man. And then just point at some random people who wave back. <laughs> you know? Would it would have been really funny if they'd all dressed like old buck, like all douchey-looking clothes. Like, oh, oh, we'd be like, oh, right out of the trailer. It's their, their wife and kids. Got it. Okay, but uh, now here we go. We, we're setting up the young bucks versus... Uh, oh, wait, wait, you're missing one. No, I'm getting there. We, we, we've been setting up the Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers, but all of a sudden, too, you got Moxley and you've got Kingston who want to... Uh, what You're shaking your head. This is the notes I got from you guys. From, uh, I missed, you're missing a package that was before that. 
Which was the package? Uh, the Jade Cargill package. Oh, that's listed way later. Oh, okay. that's uh, wait. When, when was when? What part of the show was that? Was that X? Okay, that's okay. Let's go, let's let's no. talk. Let, let's finish the Good Brothers thing, and then we'll right. we'll get into the Jade Cargill because I really like the Jade Cargill thing. I'm going to say, okay. and that that's unusual for me. Okay. Um, then we cut to the. Were they in a trailer? That was what I. That's the first thing you <laughs> see. I looked with, 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 the, with the you know the, yeah, the weird car stereo up on the side there. I'm it like, was an RV. Yeah, whose RV, whose bus were they in? Like, <laughs> they were in the Good Brothers, actually. No, um, so they're in there. Uh, there's Kingston and Moxley. Kingston's very mad. He's in a cast of some sort, maybe. Which yeah. I'm sorry, but if you've taken and you've been recently hurt, you really think you should go over and have your friend rap on your leg and say, Look at this, you know, he's I'm just like, come on, Moxley, this is your buddy. He's a, if he's kind of broken something or other, I don't think wrapping on his cast less than a week after it is a very smart or nice thing to do, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they have this thing, Moxley. I, you know what? They work well as a, a duo yes. promo, okay? Yeah. Because Moxley, he did that great thing where Ke- Kingston started working himself up, but then he kind of seemed like he got lost for a sec, and Mox just stepped in and calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that. And let's face it, John Moxley himself, he can have some intense things, but he can also come across as just like a bored, disinterested guy reading the lines. So having him play off Kingston, I think works well for the two of them. Um, so I guess they are going to eventually go after the Good Brothers? That's maybe like a threatening things dance or something the good brothers versus the bucks versus eddie and well Mox. the problem though is didn't mox like he mentioned the young bucks yeah. i don't really know them but th- i'm supposed to thank them and it's just like well that <laughs> destroys the whole three-way idea if you're sucking you uh, yes yeah. yeah see what i mean yeah. so i don't know uh these little parts seem very confusing and i know people say well it's part of the build but not when there's no build that for so long yeah i don't know i think this could be just handled a little bit better that's what i'm just going to say right now and it makes me wonder had the ring exploded was moxley supposed to come out of that all the time unscathed yeah and or was he supposed to have been hurt too i mean we do know and we hate to people keep bringing it up his wife is pregnant yeah. he is going to obviously go away for a little while was it supposed to be now I mean, we're still waiting for Cody to slip away. So, <laughs> you know, that that's always confusing. Um, all in all, though, I'm going to give it, I like their delivery. This is the time where I like the delivery and the look, yeah. but the matter what they were talking about was like. Right. The content was kind of, yeah. Yeah, the content wasn't yeah. there. Uh, anyone want to say anything about this? Nope. Uh, same thing. I said, if <laughs> the trailer or the bus, whatever, the RV, whatever yeah. it was. And again, that's not a, I mean, that might be nitpicky. It's just one of those things that, you know, you, you try to do vignettes and, or promos at different places. So it's not yeah. just backstage, but it's just like. But it's know. so just jarring. It was jarring, wasn't it, for a second? Because you were just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's ever gone camping with their grandfather recognized where the hell they were. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but, but like I said, they have good chemistry together. I, I enjoy yeah. them together. Uh, so that part was, was good. But, uh, eh, eh. Okay. Let's move to the part that I, I did, I guess I did miss over. And it's funny because I have been super hard on this lady and I've not liked a lot of what I've seen. I didn't mind her debut match. I saw some problems with it, some rookie glaring things. But I'm going to say this is the first, 
the time that Jay Cargill has spoken, it didn't seem like a complete moron. And it seemed like she was motivated and she could actually be a danger to someone. I bought this really well. Maybe I'm wrong. Andy, what did you get out of this? Uh, I'll agree with you that it was an improvement over previous mm -hmm. promos, vignettes. I don't know that it, to me if it still felt, I could definitely, when you say, when you said determined, yes. motivated, yes. I, I could feel that. Uh, there's just something about it though that to me that still feels a little off. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't quite put my finger on it. And the other thing to me, and I realized, you know, footage is somewhat limited. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm tired of the, the video clips from the gym. You know, yeah. You can, you can look at her, you know, she works out, you know, she's got an impressive physique. Mm -hmm. I, I, to me, that's filler. I, I think though, they don't have anything else. I yeah. Mean, it's well, not I, like know, they, I know. She trained enough and it's not like she had enough matches on dark. Then you know what? Just make yeah. it a shorter video or do something. It just, uh, would it, wouldn't it have been worse if she'd been doing basketball shit? At least, uh, at least weight enough, training. Yes. At least weight yeah. training can give you a more relevant. Yeah, more relevant. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, uh, Elio, did you? But like, okay, but first of all, Andy, am, are you being swayed at all? Because I'm gonna say I was so anti um, uh, Cargill, and now I'm I'm not like saying I'm looking forward to stuff, but I'm almost somewhat interested to see what another match or two might offer before. I'm, I'm, she's not out of the realm. I haven't dismissed her yeah. anymore. Yeah. I had in the beginning. Now I'm starting to think, okay, let's give her a chance. Rick has been telling us he sees something. I'm going to give her more of a chance. I'll give her a little leeway because she's given me a leeway. So let's see where this goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I'm just saying as far as this goes, is it better than what she's given us previously? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, is there something that to me, like I'd have to go back and watch it again, maybe one or two more times to see if I could, you know, mm -hmm. put my finger on it. Uh, I don't know if it's still the delivery or it's just, like I said, the determination, the motivation was there. There's something I still... I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is, Andy. What's that? She needs somebody more than Red Velvet. Maybe if they had another bigger, tougher-looking wrestler now that she's had her on, maybe that buys it. Because, I mean, they show these images, and fuck, Red Velvet comes up to her fucking belly button. It's, like, yeah. so ridiculous. And why would she be so strong and motivated to beat the girl she's already beaten there's yep, nothing to prove out of that. I, what if it had been Nyla Rose? What if it had been uh, Chris Statlander? Would it have been like one of the bigger, taller girls on the thing? That might, even if it'd be in a, a newer one, it would still, I think, give it more gravitas towards her determination. Like to it, it might, but for, for me, what I'm talking about, it, it doesn't matter. It was just, it was just the presentation and the delivery. It you still feel matter. she's play wrestling, don't you? She's playing no, wrestling. No, no, because like no? It, again, and, and I and I like those words that you use, like the dedication, the motivation, because I felt that coming from mm -hmm. her. So not to say that that part wasn't natural. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. if, if I'm finding her still a little too stiff in her delivery or, mm -hmm. or what it is. Uh, you know, and again, not to be a fuddy dud, but uh, whatever, she's a bad bitch or something. Like, no, no, do better. <laughs> like, don't. Well, I think, too, part of that delivery is we don't see that delivery and it exists. The ghetto girl. is That's what she's doing. She's doing the ghetto black girl. And nobody really does that. We've seen it on TV shows. We've seen it in movies. 
but no wrestler actually does that. And now that is being done, I think there's part of our head wants to reject it saying, well, it's not a caricature, but there are people like this. And I guess for me, that's why I'm leaning towards like, okay, you know what? At first I was looking like she was a bad caricature who couldn't wrestle. Maybe she is a big, tough, bad bitch from the neighborhood. Maybe she is going to kick some ass. I don't know. I'm going to give it a little chance. Like I said, I don't know if it's that. I just, mm-hmm. and again, it's just not so. As yeah, it's just not there for me yet. But okay. it's not saying that I'm not giving her a chance. I'm in that same boat with you. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's step step above what she's given us before. But for me, it, it still hasn't quite hit the stride yet. That's all. Okay. That's what I'm saying. What about you, Elio? Is, yeah. is she hit? Has she hit anything improvement on for you or? How do you seeing uh, Jade Cargill? Yeah, I want to. I want to see a few more matches uh, from her, but mm-hmm. because I think there's something there. I just think she needs uh, more work and on her promo skills. Okay, she, she feels too forced. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna. Yeah, she needs just needs work on the promo skills, and uh, I want to see a few more matches. I like that idea. Like put her with someone her height, like mm-hmm. Chris Salander. That that would be a match I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get why they picked Red Velvet in the beginning, but I don't think going forward, I think they yeah. should, the two of them should branch off to their own things. Because, you know, what is what is uh, you gonna get out of Red Velvet out of this? I mean, she's so small and diminutive, and she's obviously gonna eat a lot more pins than than Cargill will. And what what there's the whole thing about okay now we we brought or Rick brought this up in the group yes yeah. about about Red Velvet being undefeated. Although I wondered after. Mm-hmm. If she meant, in because if that one loss is that the one loss from the match with Cody, mm-hmm. I think it is because I, I when I put that seven and one I I, I got that from the AEW rankings I was looking it up on Google. Okay, so it might actually be counting a non singles match, which right. technically right. So, is but undefeated. Isn't. Yeah, so she's undefeated in singles competition. Okay, fair. Okay. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny though that Elio had to point that out. <laughs> and now we can now we catch him backtracking. That's even funnier. Well, oh, why would I think about it? <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that, hey, again, and you guys yes. know, like, look, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, I'll, that's I'll the thing. All of us here, if when we yeah. fuck up and we say things and we 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 realize we didn't, we own up to it because we have yeah. to. You know, yeah. we, well, we have a passion for this. We're not here to push yeah. our own agendas. Yeah, so. All right, let's move over to uh, the next part. Uh, Your match of the night. Yes. (laughs) Now, here, okay, so Tay Conte, prettiest wrestler ever, uh, taking on Nyla Rose. um, I got to say, this was a tale for me of two matches. Okay, this was two matches rolled in the one. The first half of the match, I was starting to feel like, oh, shit. Conte is not going to do well. There's no, because she started off a little flurry. She had these great judo throws, which were really cool. Yeah. Then she did a couple cool knee moves, but then she tried to match striking and power with her. And boy, she just got eight up alive. She started getting thrown around, ragdolled, looking really weak. Um, I know she's a young wrestler who doesn't have a lot of uh, experience. So don't put her in that position where she got laid on the ropes and had to position herself for a minute while Nyla climbed up the ropes. You could see her moving herself around and getting <laughs> set up to take the things. And it was just like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that at all. You know what I mean? It was so yeah. obvious. 
Um, but then the second half of the match, uh, I, I don't get it. She hulked up, but because she she got mad and then she started nailing stuff. And I'm gonna say, like, I kept thinking, okay, Nyla Rose is too big for this girl to really do anything cool, impressive. But that finishing move she pulled out on her looked damn good. Yeah, it looked like she took her out hard, and. For the whole time, I didn't ever feel in this match that Tay was actually going to beat her, even when she'd make the pins. But when that three count came, I knew that was it. Like, it was whoa. that the DDT? Yeah, that, that DDT thing she did. She took out Nyla Rose harsh, and it looked great. And uh, first of all, before we get to the post stuff, what did you guys think of uh, this match? We'll start with you, Elio. This match for me was uh, both low light and a highlight because yeah. it started out slow and like like I already said in the past, I'm not a fan of Nyla Rose matches, but this match started slow, picked up towards the end, and I like that Tai Conte once. Okay. And that DDT that she hit and take, took Nyla Rose out, that was good. Right. Andy? Yeah, I you know what? I, I liked it. I was glad to see Tai Conte pick up the win uh yeah the, the way you know you kind of say that it was a tale of two matches and as the uh, you know, the first several minutes kind of went through it's like oh this isn't looking too good for her like it was gonna felt like it was gonna be like an island squash yeah that's what but, exactly you know yeah. as the, the longer the match went though mm-hmm. to me it was like yeah she's going over she's going over the longer the match went like it, it wasn't going to be uh oh she got beat down and now she's making this big comeback she lost she put up a good fight no it, to me it was Okay, she weathered the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's climbing the mountain. She's going to uh, you know persevere, and, and she did. And I, it was a good win. So I'm kind of curious. Well, we saw the, the post match stuff that we'll talk about. So I guess, yeah. you know, I guess that's where that's going to go. But uh, I was I was glad to see her get it. It was it was good to see. And it, it's you know what she has you know, and I know I always say about Tay Conti, but she does have a lot of potential. But there's still some things that. They got to work on. Don't let us see that. Like I said, setting up on the ropes, right? Um, she had these great knees strikes she did, right? But did you see how awkwardly she tried to climb up the turnbuckle on the outside? That was just, that was Luther level <laughs> working the working the ropes. I mean, she tried to do this horrible crab up thing. And I thought, okay, the way she's, how slow this is going, how awkward it is. This is where Nyla either gets up or Vicky pulls her down or something. It looked like it was primed for a mistake, but no, she was just so shitty at climbing backwards at it to set up her move. And she's the move looked good after she did it, but yeah, wow, for that second. And let's address that last part just before the beatdown when uh, she's celebrating and Vicky grabs her leg for about a minute <laughs> and gently is tugging at her leg while she's looking down at her, going like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then. She doesn't really fall. She just sort of slides her leg down on the thing. And then now she's in this awkward position. She's got Vicky holding her leg and she's standing there and not trying to fight back. She's just basically kind of like, well, what the fuck are you doing sort of thing? And then Nyla starts attacking her from behind. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was just, we, we've seen that, Andy. We've seen that a zillion times, me and you in indie wrestling for younger guys just learning to work around the things yeah. in front of crowds. It's so easy to get caught yourself up in a weird position and stuff like that. It's, it's just junior stuff. Yeah. So there's a post-match beatdown, of course. We have, of course, it's AEW. There's always a post-match beatdown. Um, so as she's celebrating, uh, Nyla Rose comes out. And my God, 
Please think these things through. I love Hikiro Shida. Why were you wearing the most ridiculous shoes that took you that long to get there? Because <laughs> poor, poor, poor Nyla Rose was like setting up for her move, looking at her yeah. watch. Should I lift her now? Should, doing there. You know, it, it took her forever to do a move that usually takes her two seconds. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sheeta is wearing platform high heel shoes to come into the wrestling ring. And she's tip-topping along, taking her sweet time, and gives a nice ginger hit with the... Uh, with the stick in the back and Nyla goes down like she was hit by a freight train. And uh, then all of a sudden Bunny comes out and I'm going to give props to Bunny, man. That's the first time I've seen a girl use a kendo stick lately that looked like she knew what the hell she was doing. She slid under there and she beat down Sheeta and she beat down Taya. And uh, wow, she looks scary. And for once, um, the butcher and, and uh, the blade look somewhat cooler in a presentation you know, they didn't look like your generic uh, villains wearing smocks. They actually looked kind of cool. Matt Hardy looked totally douchey in this whole segment. <laughs> he looked so douchey, just sitting there with that look on his face, like, you know. Um, so it ends up, of course, and I laugh at this, like, at least WWE gives you a segment or two before they announce a match that came out of something. But it's like 30 seconds later. Tony Khan has just announced that Tay Conte will be teaming up next week. You know, it's just like, of course yeah. they are. Of course they are. You know, that's how you get a match in AEW. You just, you just attack someone or you just walk into someone or you say something bad about someone and it's an instantaneous match. You don't have to, those rankings, that rating shit that they talk about and keep promoting, that means dick. There'll be a tournament next don't worry. week. Tony Khan knows. Yeah, Tony Khan knows it all. The great Swami himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Best booker promoter ever. Oh, I forget that. I'm sorry, guys. He is. Okay. Um, what, do you guys want to talk about the post-match stuff, the setup for this? or I just want to say Sheeta swings a mean kendo stick because when she can drop Nyla Rose and when she can drop Abaddon, yeah. uh, you know, it might not look like much, but, but she can pack a punch. <laughs> Um, and, and let's let's. I don't. I know we should never talk logic in AEW, but you've got Nyla Rose, who's this man, angry beast, right? And uh, she's standing there next to uh, the bunny. And Matt Hardy says, and remember, uh, Nyla Rose went into this tournament. She got rather far before she was eliminated near the end. But. All her work and effort just gets undone by Matt, who just says, you know what? It meant shit because Bunny wasn't in there. So you're just telling Nyla now, you know what, Nyla? You wouldn't have gotten anywhere if Bunny had been in there. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, the mean, angry beast from the East or whatever the fuck she is, just sits there and smiles and goes, yeah, that's right. Bunny wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll go, we'll go from that and see where this goes. Um, next. Oh, boy. Miro Kip Sabian feud recap with the best friends. Do, do we, you know what? I, let's do each other a flavor here, guys. We're not talking about this shit. It's just no, ridiculous crap every week. Who cares? Moving on. Scorpio Sky's vignette. Did this resonate with you, Andy, as much as the last one he did where he was talking about? Like, I liked the last one. What was your feelings on this one? I'm trying to remember now because I wrote those like Scorpio Sky from, I don't I don't remember much from it. I didn't write much. So I think he was plugging on a match that he's going to have on Elevation Monday night. Was he? That sounds familiar. Yeah. 
I remember him watching. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I don't know if this was a point. I don't know if I zoned out. I just, I wrote Scorpio Sky and there was nothing and nothing comes to my mind that stuck out. So, you know, he just recapping his uh, story and that's it. And saying it's going to be an elevation. It came out a little more whiny, I think, than it should have. And I don't like his facial expressions in this. It, it, it came out with his high school acting, unfortunately. Um, I do realize I missed something here because I just remember seeing this. Did we not have a segment where Christian was backstage and uh, Kazarian yeah, Varsity Blondes with yes. Frankie? Okay. And uh, um, it was funny. I, I found it a little funny especially when he told him, hey, you should come watch the match. You know, seven years is a long time. And it just got me to thinking, okay, Christian has not really wrestled for years, right? Yeah. So how is he at work, everybody? <laughs> how can he lay claim to be? Wait, wait, he's going to start next week against Frankie Gazarian. I'll be clocking in next week, bitches, then you'll see some hard work. <laughs> he's going to face Cracky Frankie. Cracky Frankie. Frankie. Smarter, not harder. Oh, you got for seven years. Um, I, you know what? When you, I saw your note when you'd sent me that about cranky Frankie, right? And I was like, I was like watching, and I was like, I actually enjoyed that Kazarian showed a little bit more personality than I've seen in a while from him. So I actually enjoyed it. Um, I thought Christian came off as a little bit, I don't know, not really there. It just he didn't seem to have a lot of presence in this thing. He was just like, yeah, well, well I'm going to overwork you. Okay, you're not, you're not John Cena. You're not this aura of a giant, giant superstar who can just, you know. I, I just felt he needed to work a little, and we've seen it. We've seen Christian work before. We've seen him yeah. put in this time. So, I'm really hoping that this seven years thing isn't like maybe he should have stayed out. You know, I'm, I'm really hoping that next week we're going to get something good out of this. Loved the fact that Frankie Kazarian put over that he had a match on elevation and, and, and used it as a subtle threat. Like, Hey, you should watch that and see what I'm going to do to this guy. Cause your, your turn's coming. Like hey, come that. on. The other, the other little good shot, the other good sh- little shot there, the uh, Monday night. Yeah. Are you busy on Monday nights? No, 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 you're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. That, that was good. That was good. Um, so Scorpio sky and uh, uh, event. The main event of the evening, Darby Allen versus John Silver. Um, did anyone honestly think, and be honest with me, guys, did anyone think that John Silver was going to walk away with the belt? No. And I, and you guys know I'm a big John Silver. And you're a big John Silver fan, yeah. I am, and I thought he looked great here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was never a doubt. Like it just, uh, and you know what? It's not even a knock on him because to mm-hmm. me. Uh, I think in our group chat, we're like, oh, like, wouldn't it be cool if he dropped the belt or something? Yeah. And I, and I was like, well, my first thought was, okay, but then where does Darby go from here? Yeah. And and where does that put the, the Dark Order? Because they're not really set up right now yeah. to have a champion. Um, so it didn't make good storytelling for sure. Yeah. It, it, it was a good opportunity if it was a reward for John Silver, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, earlier they, they did a the little promo, a little backstage vignette with, with, with them. With them getting ready, and I mean, I'm unapologetically a John Silver fan. Like, I love yeah. his enthusiasm, I love his energy, the character. So you know, they're doing the the trust falls or whatever, and he's backing out of the way, backing out of the way. I was yeah. like, I loved it. I uh, love that the fact that he's practicing 
the hardest move that he's going to avoid is basically a man just falling backwards. At yeah, him. yeah, right. With the, the coffin drop and the trust <laughs> yeah. fall. Like, and so they, I loved it. Um, like I said, I thought he looked great in the match. He looked dominant. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I get this is the formula for Darby Allen matches, but just mm-hmm. it, that to me it was almost like the heartbreaker. At the same time was like seeing the way he dominates, and it's like, oh yeah, Darby's gonna do one or two things and win the match. Like it's, it's. Yeah, I, uh, it's not the normal underdog thing. It it doesn't. I I don't. To me, it doesn't do anything in terms of. Again, I use Mikey Whipwreck as as the comparison, and so mm-hmm. uh, for those that know, hopefully you understand. For those that don't, if you go back, uh, whatever, like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, Mikey Whipwreck, you know, one of the ultimate underdogs, didn't even want to be in the ring, got his butt kicked, still found a way to win. That was more legit more viable for me with, with darby allen i yeah. just it's, it's it's the it's the you know what i i i hate to say this mm-hmm. this is the you know you won't say the play wrestler thing this is the oh you know we're not telling a story this is the formula we're following mm-hmm. not telling the story it's not oh well john silver dominated but uh you know he just managed to get out by the skin of his teeth it's like no you're gonna give this it's gonna be a 90 10 match yeah. And this guy's gonna throw all this offense in, and the guy's just gonna slip through and win. It just it it I if you're treating fans as mm-hmm. smart as I believe you are with knowing all this history, knowing all this backstory, mm-hmm. that, and this is so formulatic that it's like you're not buying Darby Allen as your champion. Exactly. Um, it's funny you referenced uh, uh, something really funny, and I wanted to tell you guys if you go back on the best of ECW cassette that uh, WWE put out. Um, When they have Paul Heyman talking about certain aspects, he brings up Mikey Whipwreck. And I don't know if you realize this or knew this, but Mikey was told every match that he went out that he was not allowed to do an offensive move, that he had to figure out a way to win the match by something happening to the person. It would happen, but he was not allowed to throw any offensive moves in his match yeah, i've heard that before yeah you know which is hilarious you know yeah. and it's kind of like that with uh darby darby takes all of this crap forever and ever and ever and ever and then he'll come back with one or two moves and a coffin drop and it's done yeah um you gotta you gotta laugh because jr has made fun of this so much but i mean come on he did a coffin drop onto all of the dark order and all i could say is oh thank goodness they were all standing very all tightly in that corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> um then of course the match finishes uh oh there's another thing too and I, this is maybe a bad comparison maybe you'll agree or disagree do you guys remember when scott hall infamously, infamously took the stunner from um Steve Austin at that one WrestleMania. And he did that kind of pantomime where you, he looked like he got sprung out of a cannon, did like slip through the air. And and even everyone was just like, that's hilarious. At at 18, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you've seen that, but also a big party is like, fuck wrestling's goofy, right? (laughs) Like you're laughing, enjoying it, but party is saying that, right? And then I watched John Silver kick Darby with one foot and Darby was shot out of a fucking cannon across the ring. And I'm like, Darby isn't that small. And sorry, John Silver isn't that massive. Yeah. It was on the level to me. 
I, I still, it was it early on in the match. What was it? Was it a tackle or what did he do? He did something to him that knocked Darby out of the ring early on. In the yes. Match. Yes. Oh, kind of like that was body cool. or something. And yeah. that looked awesome. I think I, I popped for that. Like, and you know, and, and that's JR uses kind of like that boulder bowling ball reference. And I yeah. told it with, with John Silver and it just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, I, I would, and you know what, and John Silver, he's he's thick but he's compact i don't want to say that i would love to kind of see the same thing on him because i don't i mean i don't think it's credible that he doesn't get offense but i would love to see him have the tnt title and work the bigger guys where he would kind of you know as big as he is be the underdog so that he'd be able to get some offense in and we would see stuff like that so when when stuff happens it's like just bam bam bam, like just very impactful moves right maybe he doesn't do a lot but the things he does like he is he's like 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 rhino from spider-man like a human cannonball or something like that's true true you know and then the match ends and we have um we have like sting he kind of helps up uh john silver who's looking at him like like what's going on here right and then Darby comes over, and you think Darby would have learned his lesson. I mean, he tried to do the Scorpio, and Scorpio just about broke his leg. But uh, he tries to do the good job Pat thing with Silver. Silver gives him a fist bump. And then yeah. Matt Hardy pulls him out. All of a sudden, Matt Hardy's out there, attacks Darby. The ring fills up. Uh, all of you know um, Matt's guys are running out there. All of the Dark Order's running in there. But this was satisfying because... The villains got beat their asses pretty quick and pretty decisive. If you watched everything that was going on, I saw I saw the blade go flying out. Somebody nailed him. Uh, yeah. uh, Sting took the baseball bat to Mark Quinn. He went flying over the thing. Uh, Taya Conte ran out and she gave what is that move called? Uh, that's like the old Luthez thing where you that's pull the- somebody down by their feet, jump leap forward like that. Uh, it's like a leg sweep, like a front. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a double tackle where you grab the guy by the legs and you lean in. And so you pull him up and you jump on him and start pounding him. Yeah. She started doing that pretty decisively to Bunny. Talk about your favorite moment. Okay. My favorite moment, watching Matt Hardy take uh, the running, um, what do they call it? The senton, through the rope senton from uh, Darby. Because Darby, as much as you may not like him at times, when he runs through that rope and hits you, it hits you. And and I thought for sure, we've always seen Matt taking like dick all lately. He's always kind of sloughing off, not really doing it. To see him get laid out and then just Darby just punching the smugness off his face was for me the highlight of it. It, it even was more than Tay Conti celebrating. I'm sorry. No, I really it wasn't. This. No, okay, it maybe wasn't. not. Maybe not. But anyways, you know what I'm saying here? It was yeah. <laughs> Uh, Elio, what did you think of this whole match and schmoz at the end? I think John Silver did well in this match. We all knew Darby uh, Allen was going to win that coffin drop. I've said it before. It, from the top rope in the ring, it's one it's one thing. But when he did that coffin drop to the outside, that that's just scary. Watching him do that coffin drop to the, all the way to the outside. Yeah, that coffin drop makes me uncomfortable. But I did, I did like I did like the end uh, when Matt Hardy. Someone. I like when Matt Hardy uh, got taken down by Darby Allen at the end. Okay, Andy. Uh, no, I said my piece already about the match. 
Okay. I, I think for me, what I did like though, that ending, that doesn't usually happen. Usually when you have these schmozzes, nobody comes out ahead. You're dripping it for next week, you know? Yeah. You don't see somebody. This one, the heels, definitively a lot of them took a beating here <laughs> from the good guys. You usually don't see that. So that was nice and refreshingly different. Uh, let's go now into the entire show, okay? And and look at what we're doing. Uh, Elio, we're going to start off with you today. How are you going to rate this show on your report card system? Yeah, there was uh, a lot of some good, some eh. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. go B minus. Mm, okay. Andy? Uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was anything special, nothing mm-hmm. really great that stood out. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go with the C. Okay. You know what? I And it's sort of funny because my first thing is right in between you guys. I was like, it's a C plus effort for me because there were a few interesting things, but the whole general feeling wasn't like, oh, I had two yeah. hours well invested, which we haven't had for a while. But uh, there was some good stuff on there. I liked, like I said, the deviation at the end of this, uh, take on to getting a, a solid, believable win. Yeah. Um, had it just been some weak ass win, I might not have liked it as much. Uh, the girl knows judo and jujitsu, and it's it's good to see she actually showed that, you know, tonight. I mean, that's the first time I've seen her use judo uh, tosses like that. And it, you can toss somebody 250 pounds yep. using judo and stuff like that. And her whole thing when she came out at the end is also a, a big MMA thing too. That whole shoot in, pull the legs down and mount is totally believable stuff. Um, there were a few weak parts of it. Some of the vignettes came off as ridiculous. Some of them came off as pedestrian. So I'm going to say C plus. Okay. And I guess that would probably with your, with uh, Elio's B minus and your C roughly, I guess uh, was a C plus. Yeah. Right in there. So uh, we're, we're pretty much all on the same page with this. Uh, Andy, any last things you want to throw out about tonight's uh, impact or, or anything this week? Tonight's impact. Did I say impact? You it, it must be time for bed. I, I must, it, we're all getting tired here. It's been a long, hard day. It, it is dynamite. It is dynamite. Uh, we don't even watch Impact. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, I'll do it when it does. Uh, no, it, it, it was an okay show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it, it's although although there does seem to be some, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I, I, at this point, I'm just, I'm kind of done here, but. Uh, I, I know there was some some good potential for next week, so I, I hope next week's show is going to be a, a lot yeah, better. Me too. Me too. Elio? Yeah, hopefully next week's show is going to be good. Uh, this was just okay for me. Okay. But you know what? We're going to let you fa- fans go. I, the last thing I want to say about this is like, what kind of twisted world do we live in where Cody Rhodes and his wife get a stupid reality show? Where they're talking all their garbage, yet we don't have two so hours we, of take so, so, in a bikini. This are, is they, are, are they doing? Are they doing two shows? And because then don't they also have that go big show or whatever it's called? That go big is a whole different thing. That's oh. like a variety show, and Cody's yeah, like, like an American. Oh, so this is just their. their this is show. a reality show. This yeah, is the okay. Bellas. This is this the is their Miz and Misses. Yeah, yeah. Why? So. Uh, I can tell you who's not going to be watching that show. I'm pretty sure at least me and Andy will. I'm sure Elliot will get sucked into one or two episodes. But it, it, It's a good thing they're so different from WWE. Uh, 
Yes, I tweeted that to you guys because how many times have they told us we're going to be different? We're the alternative. Hey, here's our ripoff of a WWE idea. Yeah. Nah, bullshit. And anyways, fans, if you want to write in to AEW and demand a take on a two-hour bikini show, I'm in. All right? Andy will back me with this. Elio, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll back it. Okay. I just want some wrestling that makes sense and isn't too crazy. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, there's no company does that. I mean, come on. I know. Alexa Bliss is setting people on fire and fireballs. That's like, no, too sorry. logical. It's, yeah, there's no logic. It still makes more sense than an average AEW match. That's true. All right, folks, we want to thank you very much for tuning in. It's been great talking wrestling with you. Uh, thanks, guys. As always, it's so fun to have a perspective of other guys to hear how you guys see it. And uh, that's why people tune in. They want to know all the different sides of these stories. So uh, we want to thank everyone. We uh, hope to see you soon. Elio, say goodnight to the good people. Friends, we will talk to you all next week. Oh, 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 oh,